batter up hear that call the time has come why for <laughs> Wait. one and all why are you singing this song to, to talk, talk about mad about, about you. you that's pretty good i'm sorry <laughs> Here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. It's mad about, mad about you. I can't believe you doubted me. I did. <laughs> no, I didn't Never doubt. doubt. <laughs> it was a good, it's a good, you know, even if you didn't link it to the show, it's still a fun intro. Yeah. And the answer as to why is because there's no reason. Because it's, there's never a bad time to sing the theme from A League of Their Own. I think the bad that I just don't want it in my head. And now it's in my head. And I'm going to be singing it for two days. I understand that. That's the problem. Sure. Well, I can't look. I can't do anything about the next two days of your life. I hope that some I hope that something happens over the course of the rest of this podcast that knocks it out of your head. Me, too. Great. Let's yeah. shoot for that. That's the goal. I'll try to write this. I'll write the ship. It'd be really funny if you, you sang it at the very, very end. I would love nothing more, but I am not that good at callbacks. There is zero chance that I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Mad About Mad About You. It is good to have you. For another week, I am Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. John, what's doing, buddy? A good week? Yeah, sure. Great. I think so. Good. I like that. <laughs> Flew by. Flew by. Yeah, mine also. Mine, well, felt like a week, mine did. My office has summer Fridays. And so every, basically every other week, I have off Friday, which is lovely. Oh, that's great. But I didn't have off today. So it feels like five Fridays jammed into one day, which is some whiny nonsense. I don't even understand why. Where it's just like, oh, God, you have to work an extra day. Shouldn't it just feel like That's two what, Fridays? Yeah, you know what? You're it's. What do you get? Five. They're compounding Fridays. Oh, I see. Yeah, you work on one of those logarithmic calendars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys talk to Russ at the end of a month. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how car dealers work. We yeah, all, that's true. We all remember that deeply fascinating This American Life set at the Long Island car dealership from like six years ago. I don't know this one. Where it's just a bunch of audio of car dealers at one dealership trying to make their month. It's like Glengarry oh, Glenn gosh. Ross, but real. Oh, that podcast is so good. Everybody, I haven't listened in so long. Yeah, but there's everybody... this podcast out there. This It's called This American Life. Russ, mm-hmm. I think it's on NPR. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken, it's yeah, NPR. Yeah, check it out. It's really Stands great. National Public Radio. Yeah, it's a host by a guy named Ike Glass. Mm-hmm. Ike? Isaac Glass. Isaac Glass. Did you know that he is... Uh, or is it related? Ira? It's Ira, I think. Oh, Ira. Oh, well, like Cousin Ira. Like Cousin Ira. I that's how you that's remember they... it. Yeah, that, right. That's, yeah. I wonder if that's... <laughs> Wait, I wonder if which... I wonder if that's where the Glass parents decided to get the name of Ira for their son or vice versa. <laughs> I like I like either way. That's also how I remember uh, comedy writer Ira Ungleader from Fretz. <laughs> Ira is the tricky part of that name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh well we decided that this week for a change of pace we would talk about mad about you oh phew and I, I, I thought i you, forgot some talk no we had. you did not as i was saying it i was just like uh-oh i'm going to fool john it works <laughs> episode 26 of our podcast episode four of season two of mad about you season two episode four called 
Married to the job. I just got it. Married to the mom. Yeah, I. everyone, just disclaimer, I rushed through this one today, okay? Sue me. <laughs> it's free. But, so I didn't get the pun in the title till just now. That's very funny. Yep, it's great. Married to the job. Have you seen Married to the Mob? I have not. I'm certain you have. I have not, actually. That is nope. impossible. Why? Because you've seen My Blue Heaven so many times, you can quote. Yeah, but I'm not like, oh, my favorite thing in the world is a mobster comedy. Oh. It's just like, nah. No, I'm just like, no, I, I like Steve Martin and I love Rick Moranis and hmm. that's it for that. I don't even know who's in Married to the Mob. I don't remember. Me neither. I want to say a Bridges. What if we don't even look? <laughs> Let's not even look. I feel very unsettled. Who cares? <laughs> so do I, actually. Oh, this, this is, is gross. the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Ooh. Let's not even look. Oh, we are setting up too many things to have to not. We are making this podcast more difficult for ourselves than we ever What's have gonna before. What's going to make it? I have, to so- <laughs> I have to remember to sing the, the theme song. <laughs> We're yeah, not you- listening to this. You better get a legal oh, pad out. Oh, my gosh. What's going to make this decision so egregious is the minutia that we're going to dive into later in the podcast. On such stuff. <laughs> but oh. Married to the Mob? Yeah, heard of it. Don't know who's Whatever. in it. Don't Familiar. care. Yeah. I acknowledge that that rhymes. That's all. <laughs> oh, my God. This is well, a, I have. I yeah. have to. Yeah, we. I have to force my way through this and <laughs> talk about the date or I'm going to explode. <laughs> this aired on... October 7th, 1993. You were going to say something. The TV guide description Please. is a return to form. And it, it oh. uh, what's messed up is how good it felt to read. <laughs> like genuinely, yeah. deep down, this was very satisfying to read. Oh, boy. Jamie vents about her boss, who's revealed to be sitting nearby. You like that, do you? Of course. I mean, because whenever I read these, I put myself in the situation of someone who's gotten home after work on a Thursday. They got the TV guide on the kitchen counter. They're tired. They put a hungry man in the microwave and they're like, is there a difference? Really? Yeah. What are they eating? What kind of hungry man? I don't know. They're all disgusting. So I loved hungry man fried chicken. Well, then you had bad taste. (laughs) Well, but like <laughs> one year, one year for my birthday, oh, I was like, no. I said to my mom, I was like, what do you want for dinner? And I was just like, I want a hungry man. For a How old were you? Man. Very young. I was 10? probably, I was, I think so. Yeah. Maybe 10 at the oldest, Ooh, maybe 11. You could have gotten a like, lot more. <laughs> sure. She would have cooked anything. Yeah. We could have gone someplace. Yeah. Hungry man fried chicken. So I got it. And immediately after I finished it, I just start crying because I was so sad with having chosen that for my birthday dinner. Oh. I could have picked anything. And I was just like, oh, hungry man fried chicken, please. Honestly, then, thank God. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you yeah. didn't. Yeah. Like, if I was that's okay where the with bar is now. Yeah. <laughs> nope. At 10, you started setting the bar low for birthdays. Yeah. And any imagine day now we're going to pick it up. No. If you ask the kid, what do you want for your birthday? They're like, oh, don't get me anything. I don't so care. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm fine. I've already had nine birthdays. What do I need another present for? <laughs> just a tie or a pair of slippers. That'll be fine. It's just another day. You know, <laughs> you wake up, you go to school, you come home, you do your homework. <laughs> you watch Mad About You. <laughs> you didn't like this description? I like it okay. I feel like that's a good description for a scene. Well, oh, oh, oh my gosh. I know it's a big scene, but... You know what's messed up? What's up? Wow, fascinating. But also, I really did a deep dive on this character work, I guess, in terms of my role play alone with the description. 
Uh-huh. I let this inform my brain so much that I have notes in my notes that criticize the structure and content of the episode. <laughs> We're saying, why does the inciting incident happen so late? <laughs> but maybe the description's bad and the episode's not. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've broken down the structure of yeah. the oh yeah this one I really did <laughs> this is still this remains my favorite part of the podcast I can't believe how deep I've let this get in my head <laughs> I literally I mean I'll read it when we get to it I literally was like why did it take so long <laughs> oh gosh I still Holy think it's smokes. Uh, it's a good point though we'll we'll see we'll debate we're gonna find out we're gonna uh, find out. Hey, I'm looking through the TV guide. I'm waiting for my son's birthday dinner to heat up in the microwave. <laughs> What's on TV, <laughs> Russ? You're watching NBC. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I'm not sure if it was season three or season four, but it was a classic of its day. I think we've probably mentioned it here on the podcast once or twice before. Fox, nine o'clock. In living color, color. Oh, on Thursday you nights? You can do what you want to do. Wow. In living color. Yeah. Cool. We weren't allowed to watch. I wasn't allowed to watch it. So I, I, I oh, never no? watched any of it except a, like a few clips as an adult. Yeah. I watched it as a kid. I probably shouldn't have. But I mean, look. You're it's, fine. It's one of those. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I got through it all right. Yeah. What what no one what someone needed to teach you was the value of a birthday. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> Homie the clown was my birthday clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a fun show. Fun show. Must have been. I, it was <laughs> there were some parts where it was I don't know. Watching it now, I'm like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's uh, of yeah. a time, I guess. It's very much it's of a time. Not oh. all of it is for me, you know what I get, young, maybe? You know, the middle-aged white dude is not geared for me, but what do you get, maybe? So, listener Mac Jackson commented on our Facebook post from last week. Also, guys, if you're not on the Facebook group, you want to get on there because there are you some gotta. hot debates happening. Mm-hmm. But he had just seen the musical Rent, which we discussed a couple episodes ago, yes. and he, he, was, he didn't care for it that much. And part yes. of it's because of how dated it is. And yes. I was like, how dare you? You know, <laughs> and I think I truly understand on a gut level now what it must feel like because I watch these in living color clips and I'm like, ugh. yeah, but I bet if I was there, if I was an adult, then I would have gone nuts. Sure. And now every time I saw a clip, I'd still be going nuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you're an adult, there was also plenty of kid stuff. I mean, this was, you know, Jim Carrey's first gig. Yeah, he's I don't like that either. He looks like a nightmare. He literally. That fireman character he does looks like he's out of a nightmare. Yes. Terrifying character whom I love. Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. What's the joke? Is it that he's been burned all over his body? Yes. He's a fire marshal and he's got he suffers horrible burns. I mean, that's, that's funny. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. It's sinking in. Great. Yeah. I guess the moral here is <laughs> Mac, you should like rent. Just kidding. I'm, I'm, I like that you're just like that you didn't get it. That you were just like, so what? So he's a fire marshal? Why has he got all those burns? No, no. I, don't, I, no, I forgot you. they were you're burns. Like, oh, wait. Is it because? I forgot. Is it causation? No, I forgot <laughs> there were burns. I, I thought it was just ugly makeup. <laughs> it was not. 
It was yeah. not no, ugly that's, makeup. No, that's good. That's good, actually. I don't like that homie the clown, though. I didn't get it. Oh, he's a clown. He hits people with a sock. Yeah, Both that stuff. I Damon didn't. Damon Why is that funny? Because you wouldn't expect a clown to be so surly and to hit people. Yeah, that's not my brand of uh, taste, Also, he says, he says, homie, don't play that. And that's a funny thing to say. Sure, sure. Yeah. Jamie Foxx was in this episode. Tommy Davidson was in this episode. Oh, were they not ensemble members? No, they, I mean, they were in. I think Jamie Foxx joined late. So he's of note. Tommy Davidson is less uh, of I note. I see. Okay. But it was still good to see him because he made me laugh a lot. Oh, you watched show. it? Yeah, well. Ah, here we go. My, that sentence is two part. John, I uh, only Tom, watched when I season used... three. <laughs> <laughs> when I watched, when I used to watch In Living Color, Tommy uh-huh. Davidson would make me laugh. Uh-huh. Also, I watched In Living Color this time around and Tommy Davidson made me laugh. Oh, still got it. <laughs> 20 years later. Still got it. They did a, a spoof of the movie Poetic Justice, which they called Unpoetic Justice. Uh, that sounds somebody funny. Did, somebody did a, did a very funny Janet Jackson impression. And then Jamie Foxx did a very funny Tupac Shakur impression. And halfway through the sketch, they're just like, hey, wait a second. This is a John Singleton movie. And then they just started <laughs> saying to each other, hey, bleep you. Well, bleep you. Bleep you. Bleep you. Bleep and bleep you. Bleep That's and bleep funny. and bleep you. It was funny. Wow. I'd like this show, maybe. Yeah, there were bits. There were definitely bits. I'll have to check it out. This is fun. Yeah. Oh, and I'd forgotten about there was a Funky Finger Productions, which I did not recognize, but they did their catchphrases from the scene. And I was just like, oh, right. There was one guy who called everybody home skillet. And then there was that was David Allen Greer, who's so funny. Oh, sure. Sure. He's great. David Mamet's race. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't remember that? (laughs) That's what turned me on to In Living Color. <laughs> you, I was, I'm sitting there watching Race, the new play by David Mamet on Broadway. I'm flipping through my playbill. What do I see under David Allen Greer? In Living Color. What's that, I say? <laughs> uh, credit that's not Law and Order in a playbill? <laughs> yes, so as one character was saying, What's up, home skillet? The other character would do things like say, let me show you my card. Where is it here? And then you go, wow, and whip it into your face. <laughs> and that was a running bit. That's funny. And yeah, that Uh-oh. was one where here's here's a fun confession. So in addition to like as a kid, I thought that I made that up, I think. Like I would oh, do that. OK, yeah. And I thought that I made that up. Similarly, I absorbed Joey Tribbiani's how you doing? Sure. And didn't like I thought that that was just a thing that I said. And I never got people, so many girls in my life to be funny. <laughs> and then I saw friends and I was just like, oh, no, I stole this from Joey. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, Unpoetic Justice, Funky Finger Productions, David Allen Greer. Very funny. Fly Girls. Check out In Living Color on Fox in 1993. <laughs> I will. I surely will. Do it. What happened in the news? From WNBC-TV, this is News 4 New York with Chuck Scarborough and Pat Harper. So I, uh, I've i taken to, listen, this was a bit of a rush job today, but I still took a little too much time digging through the news okay. and not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> like just digging, just picking. Yeah. Yeah. Picking. Imagine going through the dump and picking out everything you, that looks valuable. Is this recap just going to be like a lot of news? Yeah. Or you know what it's like? It's like 740 going to a, stories, Russ. <laughs> it's like going to a sale and buying all the stuff that's good and then not trying it on until you get home. <laughs> so a lot of these stories sure. might get returned, but find out. 
I found a little treasure trove of uh, local New York news broadcasts from 1993. Interesting. And on October 5th, 1993, mm-hmm. the lead story was that Mr. Man <laughs> named Joey Buttafuoco okay. pled guilty to statutory rape. Wow. Yeah. We're coming to the end. I can't believe it. And they interview his wife on the street. Mary Jo, right? Mary Jo. So mm-hmm. what what was she shot in the face with, Russ? A water gun? Because she seemed fine. I'm glad. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't I don't want her to be to be maimed by this nightmare scenario. I'm just saying I was surprised and delighted to find that she seemed perfectly uh if someone had said, Hey, that lady had been shot in the face a year ago. I would have said, get out of here. Well, I'm pretty sure that she had extensive plastic surgery, not to mention extensive surgery to do repair work on her nervous system and musculoskeletal system. I mean, I got to tell you, Russ, incredible. She she looks great. I, she was no, just I on mean, that. Andy. Really? Like, I know. It, she was amazing. just on that Andy. She was just on that Andy Cohen show recently. Oh, yeah, great. that's right. We got to yeah. watch that and talk about it. I did watch it. I'm sure you did. I'll watch it at some point. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. But she the interview with I mean, you know, it's like on the street interview like they it seems like they went to her house and hounded her. And she's still in denial about her husband. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows this. Is she still now well, on Andy Cohen? It's not the, no. Oh, so. I think they split up a few years ago. But like That's a it? few years ago. Oh, she's like Amy. She says Amy Fisher fantasized the whole thing in her head. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's because the one she couldn't get the one thing she wanted. Joey yep. Buttafuoco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems likely. What a what a lousy dude. Unbelievable. He's a monster. Also. They said yeah. it would only be, they said the punishment would be up to six months in jail. Sure. Yeah. There's, well, that's the thing is I don't think they were able to prove that he conspired to have Amy shoot Mary Jo. They weren't. But don't you think the penalty for statutory rape should be a little bit higher than six months yeah. in jail? Yeah. I also think it should be like the time of the sentence should be functionally related to the age gap. Okay. I think that's kind of fair. If you're 19 and they're 17, then this it should be, it's, Yeah. This feels a lot like, have you, I think, I'm not sure what the formula is, but have you ever heard the thing that dudes sometimes do where it's just like, what's the youngest you date? It's just like half your age oh, plus seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that's okay, right. What's the, how, how many years should you go away to prison for yeah. statutory rape? Okay, well, if the girl is, divide your right. age by three that's true. plus four. And that's how many years you go to prison for. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what no, the you're le- right. It that's does what the legal like system says. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I get it now, I guess. Because this guy should have a horrible punishment. I, I get that disagree. a 19-year-old doesn't have great judgment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy doesn't either, but he should at that age. Yeah. Ugh, I'm, I, I really get him. I love that this is all so visceral and that this is new for you because you didn't know any of this. Yeah. So this is brand new. Yeah. We all have processed this as sure. a as a, na- as a nation. The yeah, nation right. has mourned and healed from Mary Jo and Joey. And yeah, Amy. I'm, I'm the man in the iron mask, and I just got let out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you running around talking to strangers. Just be. Have you heard about this? This is a real jerk. This guy. <laughs> I'm going to join the millennials bro, or lower the younger ones. Sure, you know, like we're on the same page in a way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Another news broadcast. October 6, 1993. This is national news. Ooh. Man named Mr. Uh, let's see if I'm reading this right. I think he was a basketball player. Mike Michelle. Michael. Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah. 
You know from what? Space you know Jam. what's coming? Yeah, from Space Jam. I guess he plays basketball too. <laughs> 1993. Oh, there are a bunch of things that this could be. Are there really? Is it his ret- is, well, yeah, the announcement of his retirement. His retirement? Yeah. I wasn't sure it was a retirement. Yeah, his father's murder was a little bit oh, later. Oh, that's right. It was later. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. all about that. Retirement. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Michael Jordan. Unbelievable. Boy, oh boy. I'm not even a basketball. Never to be heard from again. Yeah. Right. Michael Jordan. <laughs> from public life. He did a little, didn't he? When's the I last mean, time you he, heard from Michael? Well, he's owning a team right now. He owns a team. Good for him. What team? Yeah, he owns the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, yeah. Nice team. <laughs> nice. Oh, they're, 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 they're adorable. They're actually, here's something though. The Charlotte Hornets that you remember probably are not the Charlotte Hornets of today. Okay. Because, because uh, new new players came because it's 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. I buy well, that. But, yeah. But even more so, uh-huh. here's what happened. The Charlotte Hornets moved to New Orleans, and they were the New Orleans Hornets for a while. Oh, and then what? The- then Charlotte got a new team, an expansion team, and they were called the Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah. So there were the Charlotte Bobcats and the New Orleans Hornets. Hornets a good the, name. Bobcats sucks. For sure. Well, they were called Bobcats because the owner of the team was named Bob. I swear to you. Oh, what a narcissist. <laughs> So the New Orleans Hornets changed their name. You're going to like this. They changed their name to the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, those poor, that poor team. Poor team. The Pelican is the state bird of Louisiana. Of Louisiana. Yeah. So that freed up the name of Hornets and the Charlotte Bobcats officially changed their name to the Charlotte Hornets. So it is literally a new team. It's an entirely new organization than the one that you knew back then. It's But same name, wow. you know, slightly modified logo, just everybody's different wow. there. I mean, what's in a name, really? Sure. Uh, Rose by any other name would smell as sweet. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's wise. I think that you should write more plays. Dateline. (laughs) Go ahead. Modern Cowboys writing for a cause. This is from the New York Times. October 3rd, 1993. This story is not that interesting because it's just about (laughs) a little benefit happening in Brooklyn, but it's being run by an organization that I had no idea existed called the Black Cowboys Association of Brooklyn. Have you heard of them? Tell me everything. Will deck itself out in full Western regalia today and trot along Linden Boulevard riding for pledges to raise money for pediatric AIDS. Wow. The Brooklyn Organization, a branch of the American Black Cowboys Association, began as a small group of horse owners who wanted to do research and educate others on the history of black cowboys in America. Isn't that amazing? This is in the middle of Brooklyn. Included in that history are four regiments of mounted black soldiers who fought Indians in 1866. (laughs) That's a confusing sentence to read. <laughs> <In> 2017. <laughs> There's a lot in there, man. Ooh, I need a nap. <laughs> the story of Nat Love, the first black rider allowed to participate in a rodeo, who won in nearly every category in 1879. So I did a little digging, and all I could find was something called the New York City Federation of Black Cowboys, which I have to assume is the same. I think they're rivals. It could be a Hornets Pelicans situation. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It could definitely be a classic Hornets Pelicans yeah. conundrum. The New York City Federation of Black Cowboys is not the New York City Federation of Black Cowboys that you remember from yesteryear. <laughs> it's totally different. The yeah. Okay, so in this article, the Wikipedia the Wikipedia article, it just says this organization 
is based in a neighborhood called The Hole. Have you heard okay. of that? The Hole in Brooklyn? In New York City. It's in a New little York trickier City? than just Brooklyn. I Well, I, st- I still have not heard of it. So the we're going down The Hole, if I may. But I was like, there's a neighborhood called The Hole. And according to Wikipedia, yeah. it's a small neighborhood on the border between Brooklyn and Queens. Wow. Yeah, like where that little bridge is, I guess. The What was that, Pulaski or something? Right? It's like where Greenpoint, the... the there's that little river that separates Greenpoint. Hey, people, just FYI, I don't leave Manhattan unless there's a, a metaphorical gun to my head, okay? So I don't want to hear... <laughs> if you're mad at me, tweet at Russ. It's a, <laughs> just tweet at me. If you're mad at me, yeah. if you're happy, just... <laughs> frankly, it started off as being just like, oh, no, John, don't tell everybody to tweet at me. Nobody's tweeting me. Tweet at yeah. me. <laughs> I, I'm starting to take it personally. <laughs> it says it's a low-lying area with a ground level that's 10 meters lower than the surrounding area. It's run down, suffers frequent flooding, and has been described as a, quote, lost neighborhood. And resembling, oh, this can't be. This is a weird coincidence, okay? Because this article, this article is not directly related to the Cowboy article. This is its own page. But it says it resembles a border town from the Wild West. <laughs> Whoa. Not literally, obviously. But I guess it means it's like a ghost town. I don't know. Apparently, there's a documentary, a short documentary about the neighborhood that I want to see now. Well, I'm not sure. I think border towns in the Wild West were like were very volatile, weren't they? Because they're on the border between on two the border different... of what? I don't even know. Oh, like two rivalry yeah. groups of people. Yeah, it's not great. Then I'm just like, yeah, you know, like if all of the jets lived in one town and all of the sharks uh, lived we'll in the other town. We'll get to that in a second, actually. Will we really? Oh, I'm very excited. So. <laughs> Dateline. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> young Republican arrested in murder scheme. Uh-oh. The head of a young Republican club tried to have a political rival killed for spreading the claim that he had molested club members. Whoa. And then they really get into it. They say the man, Tom Stevens of Queens, was arrested Monday, blah, 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 blah. Mr. Stevens, who lives at 5350 194th Street in Flushing... <laughs> In case anyone wants to pay him a visit, <laughs> New York Times. Wow. Yada, yada, oh, yada. Who knows? Uh, there's some sketchy stuff with some of the the younger. The, it says most in their late teens or early 20s that he coerced them into uh, hooking, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it doesn't read the story if you want. OK, but the, the weird the weird point is they get to they ask the judge who was in federal court about the dispute. So far. So far, all we know about this story is that there's a young Republican and here's where he lives. Yes. That's all. That's all. Those are all of the facts. Oh, no. That we've gotten. And he wanted to get a political rival whacked for spreading rumors that he was. Yeah. You missed the headline. (laughs) That's what you get for growing up in Long Island, Atlanta, Joey Buttafuoco. That stuff just glosses over. Yeah. Right off a duck's back. Judge Naomi Reese Buckwald said, quote, it sounds like West Side Story. And I guess my question, Judge, would be how? (laughs) <laughs> because it says one of them used a switchblade at one point because there is not a single detail in this story that is anything remotely close to that show. I feel like it's okay for me to compare things like this to West Side Story, you know, gang violence and murder because <laughs> I'm not a judge. I feel like <laughs> I feel like a judge needs to have a little bit more decorum and Well, maybe she thought she was to, off the record, Russ. Maybe. You know how that goes. I guess I frequently am off the record. This one's fun. I got two left. This one's fun. They're Great. short. 
Dateline. Yeah, who cares? October 1, 1993. Ty Cobb batted here and struck out. His eyesight has faded a bit over 102 years. He lived... See, I haven't read this, really. I just skimmed it. He Mm -hmm. lived that long? That's insane. Yeah, that could well be. And when you ask Chet... Oh, wait. And when you ask... I'm genuinely not sure. When you... Oh, it's not Ty Cobb. It's when you ask Chet Hoff a question these days, you have to speak up. But when he answers, there is thunder. Boy, it sounds like Paul talking about uh, the peanut guy. Vacky, yeah, you know, it's, this article is just like, come on. Isn't this guy fascinating? <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. It was on this very ground 82 years ago this month that this lively little man with snow white hair took the mound for the Yankees against the Detroit Tigers and fanned Ty Cobb with three pitches. The last Whoa. roundhouse curve that caught Cobb looking as it cut across the center of the plate. That's pretty cool. I didn't know who it was at the time, Hoff said yesterday as a clutch of admirers surrounded him in the garden of Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center. It wasn't until the next day that I picked up the New York Journal and read, quote, Hoff strikes out Cobb. So blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Maybe people knew this because I guess it's a site, but I didn't know this. Oh, Hoff was born in Ossining, New York in 1891. He now lives in Daytona Beach. Well, now he's dead, I'm sure, because he's 102. My God. <laughs> But uh, he's the oldest. Oh, at the time, he was the oldest surviving major leaguer. Cool. And he spoke with the enthusiasm of a rookie as he took part in a ceremony to dedicate a bronze plaque marking the, quote, exact spot, more or less in parentheses, where <laughs> home plate was situated in Hilltop Park. You know Hilltop Park, Russ? I do not know Hilltop Original Park. home That's of the Yankees. Mean. Okay, cool. You know original home of the Giants, New York Giants? Wouldn't say the Polo Grounds. The polo Grounds, pro- baby. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the ceremony was off Fort Washington Avenue, just north of 165th Street. So Right up there in Washington Heights Sweet. is the original. There's a little plaque commemorating the original Yankee Stadium. I had no idea. So I kind of want to check it out now. I didn't either. It'll go on our tour. That'll be great. Yeah. I, gosh, I hope so. I hope you folks are keeping a list of all the places that we need to hit. No, in my head, we're going to pay a college kid in 10 years to just go through them all and <laughs> write it down. In your head, we're still friends in 10 years. I like that, John. Uh, did I say we? <laughs> Wait, I think I did. I think I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. I think you did. Isn't that something? Yeah, I'm sorry. Your language has roped you into another 10 years of friendship with me. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was his first. Cobb was the first batter he faced. Wow. Those are his first three pitches as a pro. Ballsy pitching. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Finally, this one's short. Who cares? Forget the dateline. Guess what, though? There was a crazy armed robbery at the fairway on the Upper West Side, you know, 74th and Broadway. Okay, yeah. In 1993, uh, right as they were closing on a Sunday night, just before midnight. Four guys Uh with like serious guns went in. Everybody okay? Yeah, because cops, it's so, it's such a, reading this story is so old fashioned because it's like, it's such a neighborhood. It's like, oh, the cops walked by and they were like, huh, normally right now there's a bunch of grocers running around like restocking shelves and it's just sort of empty. Wow. So they started like getting suspicious and one thing led to another. They figured out what was going on. They called in SWAT, like tons. They called in tons of of, like backup. Somehow they figured out, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Now you guys see where the lack of preparation is coming in. (laughs) As the officers called, oh, this article's a little snarky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They made 40 terrified customers lie in the sawdust, forced a manager at gunpoint to open two safes and snatch up 10 grand. But it was not just a piece of carrot cake. Oh, Uh, New York Times. Carrot cake. Oh. uh, Two police officers on community patrol happened to look into the blah, blah, blah. I already told you that part. Okay. Oh, wow. They just on a... 
uh, gut level called for reinforcement because they were like, something's fishy. Good for them. <laughs> they said something's fishy. Not only is something fishy, something huge is fishy. Yeah, but not uh, not uh, smoked fishy. <laughs> <laughs> fishy and vinegar, not cream. <laughs> Do you think one of the cops said that? Do you think they were outside? And there's like, something's fishy in there. And the other one was like, yeah, what? You mean like the locks? <laughs> yeah i do and i think yeah, that cop probably was said fired that, right or that killed. probably happened <laughs> maybe we could get that dead fake cop on the show oh yeah so as they approached the entrance a white car sped away from the curb with three thugs with the loot but a fourth slipped away somehow a fourth slipped away too but the fifth arbor robber armed with a submachine gun went the wrong way down a storage basement cul-de-sac where he encountered Whoa. a dozen workers hiding and quaking behind sacks of produce trapped he dropped his weapon holy cow and that's when the officers went in ordered everyone to come out with his hands up isn't that amazing it certainly is that's awesome yeah wow Edge of oh here we go here. here we go again <laughs> i don't think they do this still but it seems like they used to a lot the suspect, Keith McFadder, 32, of 497 <laughs> Dean Street, Brooklyn, <laughs> was charged with robbery and criminal use of possession of a weapon. So if anyone if anyone was there and wants yep. to take out a little revenge. If anyone's a neighbor and needs to know who's living near you. Yeah, I'd put a lock on the door. <laughs> I, well, I'd put a lock on the door regardless if uh, you yeah, don't have one. Everybody yeah. have locks on your doors. <laughs> if you only... If you leave this podcast with only one bit of advice, lock your door or at least put a lock on your door. Sure. For the future. <laughs> well, that is all the news that's fit to print this week. Beautiful. Indeed. Loved it. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's really touching. <laughs> John. What? Have you ever been married to the job? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Married to multiple jobs. I'm a polygamist. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Hachi machi. Most actors are polygamists. That's true. Remember that joke from Tiny Toon in Summer Vacation? You know, I forgot the joke from Tiny Toon Summer Vacation. <laughs> Why don't you tell me? Well, Buster, wasn't that his name? Buster Bunny? But, Buster yes. Rabbit? Whatever. Buster Buster Bunny, yes. Yeah, not Buster Rabbit. <laughs> not Buster Rabbit. You remember the joke. You don't remember his name was Buster Bunny. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. You know, the guy. The guy Bunny. Sure. Rabbit. Okay, anyway. Oh, right, Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, all right. He ends up somehow at like a gator farm with in the South with all these like Southern Bell gator girls. Mm -hmm. And the dad, who's like Big Daddy, you know, from like sure. uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, yeah. He's like, you're going to marry. Buster thinks he, they're, he's, they're trying to marry him off to one of his daughters. Right. And uh, he's like, no, son, you're going to marry all of them. And Buster <laughs> goes, but sir, that's big of me. And he goes, no, son, that's big of me. <laughs> And that's a kid's show. And I didn't get that joke for years, but pretty good. And now you do. Now I do. Finally. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, everyone enjoy that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Russ explained a bunch of other bits earlier in Living Color Bits. It's true. It's the theme yeah, of the podcast today. We're fine. Everybody loves it. We should just forego all the clips and explain what happened in all and of just it. just talk about <laughs> Instead of doing that for 80% of the show, we'll do it for Might 100. Happen. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, hey, John, <laughs> I've got news for you. That <laughs> is what show. we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this episode was also directed by Tommy Schlamy. He's on a roll. Right. Mm -hmm. He's the new BK. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. Well, Easy now. Uh, no, Easy no, no. You're now. right. No one's. He's the new. Let's call him T.S. T.S. Elliot. T.S. Elliot. Cats. Let's call him Cats. Let's call him Cats. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Schlammy, the cat man. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, cat. I'm a cat man. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, and go ahead. It, it was written by a new writer, a yes. man named Russ. Russ, great name, the namesake Russ Woody. It. Russ Woody, fabulous. Which was Russ's nickname in middle school. Uh huh. Boy, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Um. This guy wrote, <laughs> let's see, uh, I didn't look till now. <laughs> he wrote, he, oh, he wrote on Benson. Oh, cool. Was that a comedy? I, it looks like no. it. No. Oh, well, no? Maybe. Oh, that had maybe. Robert Guillaume. Yeah, Robert Guillaume, yep. How do you know He's, that? Because I know because I know that. You know, the show's from 81, 82. There were only two seasons. I can't believe you know the lead actor of a show that aired for two years before you were born. All I know is that Robert Guillaume played Benson. Wow, cool. I don't know any, I don't know much more about the show. I believe Benson was a butler. I could be wrong. Right. I don't, oh, I bet you're right. Yeah, I think it was a comedy, but again, could be wrong. So yeah, literally all I know is that Robert Guillaume played the character of Benson somewhere on the show Benson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> on a that's where night. it was. Yeah. That's where it was. I'm also, I'm not positive. I know he was on the show Soap. And Robert I Guillaume? Think, yeah. Or however you say it. How do you say it? <laughs> now you're, I thought it was Guillaume and then you said it crazy. <laughs> it's Guillaume. It's French for That's what William. I said. You just said Guillaume, no, which this, is not what you no, said the first that, time. That's what, what I, I said it right the first time. And then when you said it, you said Guillaume or something. So I thought <laughs> you were right. And I repeated it your way this time. How dare you? I said Guillaume like a normal person. I wish we could play it back. Uh, we, we're going to listen to this. Sweepstakes, hear... but just for Russ and me. <laughs> it's just, what do they call that? All right, conversation. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Oh, he was in uh, Soap, too? Interesting. Yes. Huh. I'm not sure if the character of Benson was from Soap and that Oh, a spin-off. Benson- it may have been a spinoff. I'm no not positive. kidding. Ah, maybe kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mention in the summary on IMDb. It doesn't mention so. OK, cool. Oh, also, Benson ran for way longer. Russ Woody just wrote for two years. Benson ran for okay. seven seasons. Wow. Oh, wow. No wonder you remember it. There you go. And you were such a Robert Guillaume fan when you were a kid, right? Huge, huge yeah. Robert Guillaume fan. <laughs> oh, is that the difference I heard? Guillaume Guillaume? Yes. And what is the right one? The one that I'm saying. Which is Guillaume. Guillaume. And I said yes. Guillaume. Yes. And then I somehow translated that difference into you saying it very wrong. Mm-hmm. That sounds like my personality. <laughs> this guy, uh, Russ Woody, wrote an episode of Fantasy Island. Really? Yeah. Now, these are two names that I know I can say. And two Websters. Cool. Wow, this guy's like a legend that they got. He had like a huge career before the show, before Matt, before he sl- started slumming it with Matt about you. Well, so far, his credits that you've listed are legendary. Fantasy Island and Webster? <laughs> Oh, listen to this. What wrote, a get. This is actually fascinating. We never do this. Maybe because they usually don't have resumes this long before Mad About You. But looking at the ep- the episode descriptions of other episodes he's written to see mm-hmm. if there are stylistic links in any way, perhaps. I don't know. When Catherine can't find... The, the, the episode he wrote was called Teddy Bear Scare. And when Catherine okay. can't find a sitter for Webster, he spends a night with George and his poker buddies at the Trocadero, which sounds like a very fun episode. <laughs> 
Doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds great. Bringing Webster to the poker game at the Trocadero. And when they arrive home, <laughs> Webster realizes he forgot his teddy bear. He thinks it's at the diner, but George admits he left it in the cab on the way home. Oh, wow. So Catherine Uh-oh. and George present Webster with a challenge. Can he sleep for one night without his teddy? Well, one night? How about the rest of his life? Because I don't think that bear's coming back. John, you are not going to believe this. Huh? So I watched this episode of Webster. Ah, wait. And no- <laughs> I didn't. I <laughs> would only believe it. I would believe any sentence that started with, I watched. I wa- That's fair. Funny fact, What's Alex Karras, a.k.a. Yes. George Papadopoulos mm-hmm. from Webster, the dad, yep, yes. was the uncle of our close family friends when I was growing up. Really? The fa- of the father. Yeah. Did you ever hang out with him? No, it's like a little too remote, you know? Sure. Almost, though. I think we had a kind of close call. Really, I think I think we were in the vicinity or something, and he was maybe out of town, something like that, because we were in Chicago. They were living in Chicago. It's a long story, yeah. but isn't that something? I almost came this close to hanging with George Papadopoulos. Yeah. That would have been fun. Which is a kid of the 80s. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. Oh, he wrote an episode of Newhart, too. It's a fun show. I'm not going to read all the descriptions, guys. Don't worry. But he's got some pretty good names for these. <laughs> the episode of Newhart was called R.I.P. Off, a.k.a. Rip Off. See, that's a good name. That's a good name. That's no Cabe. What kind of a name is Cabe? <laughs> Uh, as I tell you all of these details, I just want you to remember the fact that we did not look up Married to the Mob. <laughs> and why? In an effort to save time for you, the <laughs> listener. <laughs> so the cold open. We're in the living room. It's dusk. Just just yes. when you think you've seen all the times of day of the exteriors, they throw a new one at you. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff A lot stuff of new exteriors. Outside this whole episode... Well, first off, I think this is a nice little segment to start with going forward. Did you like it? Didn't like it? You know. Oh, yeah. I, I like this episode just fine. It's it. Uh, Yeah, I liked it. I feel like it's important. Ugh. I feel like it's going to be big going forward. <laughs> this episode? Yeah. Well, important stuff happens in this episode. Okay. Right. A lot of things are established. A lot of new things yeah, are established. This isn't. This isn't yeah. Important. That's so funny. It's true. It's not one of those problem episodes. <laughs> Well, with like a long fifth act or like, well, think about the episodes from the first season. Where I they, am. You know, I love Sunday, them. Yeah. But it's like Sunday times. It's just like yeah. it's disposable. It's per- There's no fallout. <gasps> what? There's nothing. You know what? What's the important information or the important stuff that happens for the world of Mad About You in Sunday time? That's not what a sitcom's for. But that's what happens in this episode of the sitcom. Uh, yeah. Not that's what mention. I take exception with. So you don't like that. You don't no, like I didn't. I didn't like this one. No, not in a sitcom. Okay. You if didn't you want like that this scratched, Russ. Watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> you did not like this episode. I didn't hate it, obviously. It's yeah. not about you, but uh, sure. it was uh, maybe my least favorite. Of all of the episodes. That we've watched so far. Yeah, I guess. Okay, let's put it in the category with the token, the token booth. Yeah, okay. I'm, For me. I, I can... I can get that. Yeah, I can. I can see that. I, I probably liked it a little bit more. I, well, I liked it. I liked it more than the token episode. It didn't make me angry. The token episode made me angry. Oh, nothing's made me angry. Well, you have a better disposition than I do. <laughs> Whoa. So, can you hear me? Whoa. Are you echoing? No, your face on FaceTime's going nuts right now. Uh-oh. It's flickering like crazy, like between, oh, I wish I could record it. I'm taking a screen cap. Do hey, it. you guys will see this sometime. Ah, oh, wait, it's changing. Oh, my God, this is so weird. Anyway, it's fine with me. Oh, now it's green. You're a green screen. Uh-oh. Oh, now you're Superman. I'm joking. <laughs> ah, 
It's frozen and flickering, but I don't really care. I'm just gonna hide it. If I vanish, you have to call Jen. <laughs> yeah, there's like a big black hole opening up behind you. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, we're in the living room at dusk, and Murray's mm-hmm. alone on the couch. And the phone. This is once again a place where Maui gets to like really shine. I feel like. Yep. Yep. Another good Maui. Yeah. The phone rings. And Maui gets up off the couch, walks over to the machine, to the answering machine to screen it, screen the call. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's Paul telling Jamie that he has to shoot an interview in Queens with Warren. So yeah, mm-hmm. he has to meet her at the restaurant. Right. So he asks her to walk Murray. Yes. Which like way to like start in the middle of the action. Bravo, Russ. <laughs> I thought you meant me. You didn't. Uh, you meant the writer. <laughs> no, this I'm is not, going to be complicated. <laughs> so Murray's about to head back to that, which she, all these beats are so clear in Maui's performance. Yes. <laughs> Murray is about to walk, head back to the couch when the phone rings again. So he mm-hmm. turns around and comes back to the machine and screens the next call, which is Jamie, whose meeting got pushed back. So she'll be late. And she reminds Paul to walk Murray. Yes. And on this note, Murray audibly moans and goes back to the couch dejected. Yeah, you get a you get a little whimper at him, yeah. Murray, and then he just goes and lays down on yeah, the couch. Yeah, he's not going to get to go pee pee. That was a fun little bit. Yeah, they're going to come home to that. a nightmare. Yes, that's the that could have that could have been the episode. Uh, that uh, I don't know if I would have liked that either. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go to the next scene. It's a weekday morning. <laughs> But the yeah. establishing shot is of the entrance to their building. We've never seen this yeah, shot Yeah, it's before. like Seinfeld or something. Yes. A, a weird. Normally we see what we see a shot of their window. Yeah, it's usually so you, like yeah, from the ground the looking the, up. Yeah. yeah. And here it's just straight on of the front door. It felt a little too intimate. Weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't I don't know or care about this part of their yeah. lives. Yeah. I don't care how they get in. I don't care how they get out. Right. I just care where I, they're going and where they've come from. Yeah. I want to see the outside of the windows. <laughs> I don't want to see how I the know. sausage is made. <laughs> I don't like change. <laughs> Paul and Jamie are eating breakfast and they're sharing mm-hmm. a bowl of cereal. Yes. Do you notice that? They're sharing the spoon too, like everything. I, I did notice it. It was, um, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah, Don't do that, it guys. Is. It's, there's going to be drips everywhere. There's going to be drips. Don't be so codependent that you need to split a bowl of cereal yeah, in real make time. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, unless yeah. unless he made some and she didn't. If it's the last bowl of cereal, there's yeah. no more cereal. I'll even say that. Okay, what if it's the last? Fine. Two mugs. You Two mugs, or he eats a little. When he's done, here, you finish. Go ahead. We're not going to trade bites. Wow, no. you serve the uh, gentleman first, huh? No, I, <laughs> I'm speaking in general. I just have a mental image of you getting fired from the Russian tea room after two seconds. <laughs> that would happen. If, uh, look, John, you're right. If I were to work in the Russian tea room, I would absolutely get fired in two seconds. So she is working on her laptop in the morning, and Paul's reading the paper, and they're very, like, in their own worlds. Yep. All they have in common is that they're both wearing vests. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so Jamie asks if he's going to be late tonight, and the answer is complicated. You going to be late tonight? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, actually, you know what? I mean, well, it's kind of hard. I may be. Honey, why don't you call me when you know? I'll do that. Yeah, that's how I am. So like, I don't know. No. Yeah. Like, I'm very indecisive when it's like, I don't know, but I want to be able to answer you. Yeah. You're like that in sentences on this very podcast. 
<laughs> yes, that's right. I speak of what I yeah, know. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, I can relate as well. Just not knowing, not wanting to commit to what you have going on later. Not necessarily knowing what you have going on later. Knowing that sure. it's probably variable because you know he's in the midst of still New York at night. Sure. And uh, also like true. yesterday and yesterday, whatever in the cold open, he yeah. had an unexpected interview. Yeah. That's true. So it's Plus like, new, babe, I'll do my best, but I don't know. New producer. New yeah. producer coming. You like oh, yeah. that? I'm just like, hey, Lots of, babe, I'll hey, do my babe, best. Babe, you know what? Uh, cool your jets. Yeah, I was if making I'm me there, a better man. <laughs> if I'm there, you're welcome. <laughs> so they're both. Oh, yeah. So like they keep having a conversation, but like they're not listening to each other. Right. And we learned Paul's going to meet a new producer today. Yes. They, which it Mm -hmm. turns out it ends up being PBS, which is like, wow, good for you, Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had him switch producers mid-film. Yes. Very frustrating for him. Yeah, of course, as we all would be. Yes. And then Jamie very sweetly says uh, she wishes the day was over already so that she could be with Paul. How sweet. Adorable. And then the scene's over. Yeah, this is a super short scene. Yeah, Boom. could have been the cold the show, open. This episode begins with like three or four super short scenes. Yeah, which to me is not as good. Not good. Not not what we're used to. It's a different rhythm. I don't like this rhythm. This is a yeah. rhythm that shows usually devolve into. Ooh. Like Seinfeld, Friends. Okay, sure. devolve is a loaded word, but mm-hmm. evolve. Nah, I don't want that either. Transform. Okay. Into, you know? Sure. <laughs> Transform negatively. <laughs> no, no. Whoa. No, no, no. <laughs> I wish if there's any... <laughs> if there's any math PhDs out there who love television and need a dissertation topic, how about the mathematical relations between season and scene length in sure. popular sitcoms? Sure, sure. Hmm? Because I'm serious. I think there is a link. I think they're inversely related in that as the seasons go up, the scene length goes down. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. So we go to Buckman Studios. We do. It's a little different, I think, laid out a little. Yep. Yep. There's a, well, also, have we been in, well, yeah, I think it we have is, once. Have we been in this area? I think because I remember he had a conversation with Ira at the like sink in, in yeah. an episode. Yeah. But I yeah, don't remember seeing the desk. No, Maybe desk is new. It is, right? It's new. Desk is new. Remy, who works at the desk, is new. Yeah, he's got a new new assistant because the last one disappeared. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. What, what was it? Bonnie? Was her name Bonnie? I don't remember, but she was a lot. Yes. The one for whom Yeah, this was not Stephen the right Wright job. Burned. Yes, right. <laughs> so this woman, Remy, is played by an actress named Marva Hicks. Mm-hmm who was born, according to IMDb at least, in 1975, which would make her 18. Wow. Which is good on you, because... Yeah, good job. What a a gig. gig. She's in four episodes. Yeah. She's also a Broadway actress. She was in Carolina Change, the original production, directed by George C. Wolfe, written by Tony Cush. (laughs) Tony Cush. A.K.A. T.K., a.K.A. T.K. Elliott, a.K.A. Cats with a a K. (laughs) A.K.A. Tony Kushner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure, if you need that. If you have to. She was also just in Motown the Musical. Oh, cool. Yeah, so she could do it all. She's a triple threat. Love it. Yeah, that's what tripped me out. I saw It said her age on IMDb, and it was like 42, and I was like, come again? Yeah, how could that be? Yeah, that's how. So that's, Now we know. So Paul comes in, and they start talking about muffins. Where's the muffins? It's not my muffin day. Well, it's not mine. Well, we may be having no muffins. Who's in Bay 6? PBS, they don't even have toast. Okay, Russ. 
<laughs> I got nothing. You can't explain this to me? Why would he have muffins? Yes, I presume they have a new office deal they made with each other where I they rotate a, the muffins. I guess it's a nice thing that people do is muffins. And then this but, awful joke about PBS doesn't even have toast. Bad, bad news. Remy just expects breakfast to be brought by people to an office. I don't know. I hope we, I, I hated this. We, we just had some very nice things to say about this actress, and you say that she's on it a few more times, right? Yeah. Ugh, that's kind of too bad. Do you I'd think this bit's going to be in every episode? I'd be, I'd be fine with her being gone right now. I'm like, good, go. <laughs> more like Caroline or change the channel. No. Ugh. You know what? I what? still like the toast joke less than your little Carolina change joke there. Well, thank you. Because I, I don't get it. it. I mean, I get it, I guess. But if it's what I think sure. it is, I'm like, what? Hey, man, take that. Take your criticism on that joke up with the other Russ. What? <laughs> Russes are killing my laughs today. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's like, I like it's just like they're trying to set up this world so quickly of like this world where just breakfast goods are brought with people. Yeah. And then immediately trying to make a joke on that as if we've already come to accept like, oh, yeah, people bring muffins and bread and stuff. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. So anyway, PBS turns out to be Larry Miller. He's the new producer. Love Larry Miller. Love Larry Miller. You people know Larry Miller. Oh, you know him. If even if you think you don't know him, you know him. Wonderful stand up comedian. Where where do you know him most from, John? Undercover Blues. Where do you know him most from? I I think I probably know him most from his stand up. Really? Yeah, but also from Best in Show. Oh yeah, yeah. He's in all that stuff. And Guffman. I believe he's oh yeah, for he's the uh, mayor or something. He has a small. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's got a small part in the beginning of Guffman. Yeah, that's but right. yeah, he's he's got that great monologue, that great bit in Best in Show where he's talking about he talks people down when they're attempting suicide he's a hostage he's a negotiator and he's just like oh they all jump (laughs) (laughs) funny Uh, but yeah his stand-up is so great yeah i haven't seen too much of it to be honest didn't he have a show about um drinking the five stages of drinking yes i remember that very famous very funny wonderful bit yeah i don't think i enjoyed it back then i'd probably like it now i think it was too sure it's a good one he's great he's He's great. great he also had a he also had a podcast for a little while. I'm not sure if he still does. Yes, he did. And I don't think he does. It was fun. Yeah. Have you seen? He, I've heard him on other podcasts and he'll talk to stand-ups and he'll just be like, I call you my brother because you're part of the brick wall brotherhood of stand-ups. And so I take that seriously. It's a fraternity. And I'm like, half of me is like, oh, that's sweet. The other half is like, you got to chill out, Larry Miller. Yeah, they're, they're all like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like uh, well mentally balanced, emotionally adjusted, priority <laughs> straight true. improvisers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got it all worked out. <laughs> oh man. Oh, for those also who might not remember him, if you remember the episode of Seinfeld called "The Doorman," That's where Jerry has to deal man. with like a super weird doorman who who's like always has a big chip on his shoulder. That's Larry Miller. Yep. In my head, I couldn't get it. I was just like, I, I thought that he played a doorman in Mad About You. And so when he showed up in this, I was like, does he play a doorman later? I forgot that the doorman uniform was in Seinfeld. Yes, sure. Oh, he's also on an episode of Boston Common, which stars Mr. Steve Pamer, Mm -hmm. writer of Mad About You. Right. I'm sure they were rubbing elbows a little uh, during the week. Mm -hmm. He plays the father in 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, that's... Oh, boy. Duh. That's a... Yeah. Why did we lead with that? Because you had to talk about Undercover Blues. Yeah. Did you see that movie? No. Really? Yeah. Is it good? Have you heard of it? Vaguely. Oh, Russ. 
You would love it. Oh, yeah? Kathleen Turner, Dennis Quaid, Fiona Shaw, Stanley Tucci, Tom Arnold. Oh, the Tucci, I'm in. Stanley Tucci plays a mugger named Muerte. <laughs> And people keep calling him Morty to bug him. That's great. Dennis Quaid. Have I seen this? I might have seen this. Really? Or I might have talked about it with Jen. Dennis I, Quaid and Kathleen Turner are former CIA agents who are on maternity leave in New Orleans. And they get pulled back in. You know how it is. I've and, definitely heard the Muerte Morty bit and uh, laughed about it. That's great. And Larry Miller and an actor whose name I don't know. Ah, Oba Babatunde, who uh, I, do you know him? I don't, maybe, I don't think so. I feel like I never saw him again, but I, no, I, I, do, I don't think I ever saw him again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's on I'm Dying Up Here. Oh, I saw him. Oh, okay. oh he's that guy. Oh, okay. hey, good to see you again, pal. <laughs> uh, he and Larry Miller play cops, local cops in New Orleans who are like, what's this couple up to? Because they don't know they're spies, obviously. And Larry Miller is just a weirdo who he, <sighs> he plays like a feather man with a lift. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, oh, and, and topically enough, there is a line where, well, he keeps saying like weird facts and he goes, yeah. I saw it on PBS. <laughs> Perfect. Which, uh, who knew? He's also a producer from PBS. Love it. In the fiction of the show. Anyway. Anyway, he's playing the producer Lou, and he's on it for a while. I feel like, right? He's done. He's been a producer for a while. No, no, on the show, isn't he on like a lot of Mad About Yous or no? I hope he is. Uh no, I don't. Uh, not as many as I would like. Uh, Between, I, I can't remember if the number was three or five, but it's one of those. Oh, that's two. it. Yeah, that's I a, thought we had more. It's amazing. I I remember him then. You know. Yeah. Well, I I was gonna say it's amazing that I do, but I remembered his appearance on Mad About You from Seinfeld. So I don't remember him from this show. <laughs> so he's his character's thing is, well, he, he's a lot of things. But just to illustrate, here's his first line. Paul? Yeah. Buckman? Yes. Paul Buckman? Yes. <laughs> you, you must be Lou. <laughs> I'd better be, otherwise some other guy is dating my girlfriend. I'm just kidding. I don't have a girlfriend, but I'm looking. So if you know what I mean. I would say, though, Russ, Fran might be looking. Sure. To date. Sure. I could see that working out. I love the, like, Paul Buckman. Oh, are you Paul Buckman? <laughs> are you Paul Buckman? <laughs> so he's very excited about New York at night. He's very, yes. he's like, oh, this is such a great idea. It's such an exciting document. I've never worked on anything that's exciting. And <laughs> we find out that's because until last Thursday, he was an accountant. <laughs> 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 and uh they walk so they're like at the sink and they walk back into the editing room and yep. uh, there's a bunch of film hanging Gosh, uh, over so a funny. tub and he has this great he's like larry miller's in the middle of a rant about how much he loves filmmaking i've always felt that myself i mean i love filmmaking the vision the creation of the ins and outs and i mean i just love film <laughs> hey what's this <laughs> film no no no, these little holes on the side. Sprockets? Sprockets. Oh, and they make the film go. Yes, they do. Ah. That's their little job. <laughs> oh. Sprockets make the film go. Make the film go. <laughs> That's their little job. Oh. Very, very silly. I like this a lot. The timing They're, is perfect. Paul Reiser and Larry Miller came up in stand-up together. Yes, I think so. so. Like, and yeah, I assume so Stephen they, Wright. I, I don't know. I just feel like they're all his friends, right? Yeah. But yeah, these these two are particularly tight. Yeah. So uh, to watch them do it, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, to watch them be nemeses. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So we go. Now we go to the... That's the whole scene there. 
<laughs> yeah. End of scene. Yeah. Period. The end. What are we in season seven of Friends? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Deal with that, Matt, about you. So we go to, I think TV just evolved, you know? We were on a break. <laughs> I don't, what? From Friends. No, I get it, but what do you, what? It's not exactly a one to one. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Farrar Gantz, and just Jamie is having a day. She's like Joanne from Hey Mac. You remember the song? We're okay. The <laughs> 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 uh, Joanne sings in Rent. Mm-hmm. That's Jamie in this boy, scene. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let it go eventually. No, I, I don't know that you will. I don't know that you should. It's too fun to have a Rent debate 20 years later. I, uh, I'm i over. I'm over Rent. I will Whatever. never be. But also, everyone listening to his podcast never gets old. Or the MacGyver podcast. Yes. They're all great. He's got a lot of great podcasts. Check out Mac Jackson in your local podcast feed. Yeah, you iTunes search stuff. Mac Jackson, a bunch come up. Not yeah. a bunch of Mac and, Jacksons, a bunch of podcasts. Very enterprising men. And then search for Rent and buy all the soundtracks and then delete them. <laughs> yeah, that'll oh. show them. <laughs> So she's on the phone dealing with someone who was promised. <laughs> so Jamie's in the in the midst of the scene. She's on the phone dealing with someone who was promised theater tickets, a client, I guess, a PR client. Yes. And uh, she hasn't gotten them. And on the phone, we can tell that they're alleging that uh, Jamie's boss, Mr. Farrar of Farrar Gans, mm-hmm. said to the client that he plays golf with Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> That's very funny. Which is such a like, oh, to hear if I heard Paul Buckman say that line, I would have it would be my ringtone. <laughs> you like Paul Buckman talking about Cheetah Rivera. Yeah, I like Absolutely. Paul Buckman saying Cheetah Rivera. I can sure. hear it. I can hear the like cadence. Sure. But funnily enough, so that implies it's a Cheetah Rivera show. Russ. Yes. She was in Kiss of the Spider Woman in 1993. She absolutely was. Yeah. This was not just the funny ha. No, it was a serious reference. Yep. <laughs> To serious theater. To serious theater. <laughs> this checks out on IBDB. That's right. Uh, which I didn't know was Terrence McNally and Tanner and Ab, right? I did not realize it was Terrence McNally, but yeah, that sounds like it could be. I think very he wrote well the be. book. How oh, cool. Everyone knows who Cheetah Rivera is, right? From, oh, speaking of, West Side Story in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the show? Yes. Yeah. She's the original Anita. The original Anita oh, on West Listen Side, to me. I only know the movie cast. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. You're fine. You're fine. Oh, you mean because the show was 60 years before I was born? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> also, it was 30. Wow. 50s weren't that long before we were born. Yes. But no, it was uh, Terrence McNally wrote the book and Kander never wrote the music. I got to listen to it a, then. We're making a lot of breakthroughs tonight. Like, pr- the- oh, my God. The 80s were like 30 <laughs> years after the 50s. <laughs> have Holy you, cow. Have you listened Will to wonders K- ever cease? If you listen to Kiss of a Spider-Woman? No, I have not. Do you know what the setting is? I don't. A prison in Latin America sometime in the recent past. Huh. Let me tell you something else, though. These Kander and Ebb fellas love prisons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, do they oh, love man. him. Also, it starred Brent Carver. It was his Broadway debut. And Brent Carver, of course, is Leo from Parade. I didn't know that. Leo, the original Leo. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> Anywho, the person on the phone won 16 tickets. 
together. To kiss of a, oh yeah, 16 <laughs> tickets to kiss of a spider woman. And Jamie just has that perfect, like, patient but dismissive tone. Yes. That's just like, uh-huh, great. Uh-huh, together? Sure, sure. Yes. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And then her assistant comes in. Yeah. Named Rick, played by a guy named Cameron Thor, who's from everything. We've heard of Rick, but we haven't met Rick That's yet. That's the name, think. right? Is that the name, yes. Paul? Okay, so, and he's like, that. he's the one where Paul's like, how tall is, how tall are you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's very tall. Yeah, Paul could take Rick. A hundred percent. They made yeah. that joke before they cast him, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't cast this part a year ahead of time. <laughs> Right, somehow. (laughs) And they didn't write it with this actor in mind. Right. (laughs) But he was in like Jurassic Park, A Few Good Men, Hook. I mean, this guy. What's his name? Cameron Thor. Cameron Thor, okay. You know, the Thor acting dynasty. Oh, no. No, sure. No, because you mentioned. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. What did you just learn? no. What did you learn? Okay, we always bring the truth on this podcast, (laughs) unless it's inaccurate, because I'm just talking, you know. (laughs) Dateline. Go ahead. Daily Variety, April 27, 2016. Acting coach sentenced to six years in sexual assault case. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. This is awful. Cameron. Yeah, a third. Boy, a 13-year-old girl. Uh, well, so Jamie's got a real piece of garbage assistant. Yeah. Also, how does that only get you six years? Multiple occasions. And a, a because, grown man. Shouldn't it be worse? Am I crazy? No, it should definitely be worse. Don't we all agree as a society this is like one of the worst things you could do? Yes. Ugh. Yes. Well, this just no happened. So, hey, pal, you're rotten in jail right now. Well, good. Well, good. Well, so this is this... going to dramatically change the tone of this. Sure is. <laughs> Because so what happens? He's in this a just, lot. That's okay. We can we can gloss. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing that we've learned in our podcast, it's that we can gloss over stuff pretty well. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so he tells her basically uh, her job's a, like going crazy today. You know, yes. like every day. She, there's a lot going on. Uh, yes. This client Natel calls, which mm-hmm. is such a great name. <laughs> and for a moment, I was like, oh, this is what Jamie's job must have been like when she was working with Fran. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Which yeah. we saw a little piece of when she met Paul. This is how you make a Jamie. Yeah. And then speaking of, we finally get to see Jamie pull a Jamie with a client as opposed to with Paul. Well, I don't know. I guess after the way I've been killing myself for you, I'm just feeling a little hurt. <laughs> no, Natal, apologize for what? You don't have to take me to lunch. All right, Thursday at one. See you then. Bye bye. Call her Wednesday and cancel. I mean, kind of. Kind <laughs> like, of. it's the same kind of trickery. That's that simple trickery, right. That she picked up in Connecticut. Right, right, right. So that scene's over already because that's mm-hmm. uh, the clip that this shows. This episode's moving at. We're back at Buckman Studios. Ping pong. Paul is on a very fancy moviola, mm-hmm. watching a moviola. He's really moved up in the world. Yeah, <laughs> moved up in the world. He's really moviola up in the world. Oh boy, moviola <laughs> not up. Okay, watching Who footage. Who are you, me? <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Carolina changed the... Okay. <laughs> he's watching the footage. Lou is nervously standing right behind him watching. Or like excitedly. Mm-hmm. Like he's just... he's He loves this. 
And right. it turns out we it comes out that he's never seen Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Which I haven't either of you. I have not. And I have owned it for the past five years because Gift. for my whole life, I said I have not seen Gone with the Wind. And so Jen's family got it for me. I knew and it. I still have not yet watched it. I knew it. it. I knew it was a gift. I want to see it. Yes. I'm sure it's wonderful. <laughs> I Well, it's complicated, it's to, I think. It, yeah. It's hard to carve out four hours to watch Gone with the Wind. Is it really that long, though? I think so. I, I genuinely you know what I mean? So? It, it grows. The number grows. <laughs> it's a tall tale. It's like 45 that, minutes. That's not true, John. It's a four hour and 15 minute movie. It's gone like that. <laughs> With the wind. It's got, wow, I really well, caught look. whatever you have. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. It's <laughs> Dad joke. Yo, John, all I know is that like you're on this earth for a very short period of time and <laughs> I'm a... not gonna spend six hours of it watching Gone with the Wind. Okay. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. So oh, and I, I I guess I just wrote down Larry Miller is turning in an incredibly weird performance that I He's love. He's very weird. Here's it's a... not even it's not even standard Larry Miller. Right. Like he does weird it, other stuff. It's it, Well, here's an illustration. Say, is that dawn or dusk? What? I say... <laughs> that shot, is it dawn or dusk? What are you talking about? Because it could be dusk. It's dawn. It's dawn. It's dawn. The whole, the whole film... What is the film called? New York at Night, right? So this is the end of the film. <laughs> it's the end of the film. It's the end of the night. The end of the night, widely known as... Dawn. <laughs> How about this? Uh. We cut to a shot of the Statue of Liberty in bed. Her alarm clock goes off her hand, reaches out. I just hate it. Okay, okay. Yeah. The beat before I say is such a weird choice, and it pays off. Like, it, the audience dies. Yes. And then yes. this, I credit Russ Woody or whoever pitched this when they were writing the episode with it. I don't know who wrote, who's credited with this joke, but to pitch the Statue of Liberty in bed. <laughs> it's really funny. Turning hand off. reaches out. <laughs> it's so good. It's really weird. It's so good that I, I Googled it and it's not, I couldn't find anything, but doesn't it sound like a real, like an ad for a New York morning show or like, yeah, like you know what I mean? It feels to me like there's a writer's room full of, one type of person just writing this scene and then some weirdo is off in the corner and he's like what if about the statue of liberty is like asleep and we talk about the statue of liberty waking up in the morning and everybody just dies because it's the funniest weirdest thing <laughs> that they couldn't have thought of because they're all in in their mid-30s to mid-50s and jewish and just like this weird thing comes out of nowhere interesting well, yeah i've created a little narrative yeah you really did your tv guide summary yeah. writering it <laughs> So this scene's over already. <laughs> so now we're, I feel like a messenger boy when I'm back and forth between two offices and an average day in midtown Manhattan. What do you think, John? Are we eight minutes into this episode yet? I have. I, I don't know. I'm lost. No. Like, you know how I know? Because the next scene is at Riffs. Mm -hmm. And though it sh is arguably the inciting incident, it doesn't happen till. Ha oh, yeah. So, yeah. Eight minutes. Yeah. 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 I agree. <laughs> Yeah. So so yes then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. The long answer, yes. So Jamie's packing we come back to Farrar Gans. Jamie's packing up to leave to go to a big meeting. And yes. and her boss stops by Mr. Farrar, finally in the flesh. Mm-hmm. You recognize him, Russ? Ms. I did not. Oh, this is gonna blow your mind. It's because oh, yeah. he was very young in this episode. He's played by the actor Ken Jenkins. Okay. Who you might recognize, and I didn't until I saw it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, as Dr. Kelso from Scrubs. 
Uh, I would not recognize him because I have not seen Scrubs. <laughs> are you, so are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. It was like at its peak when we were in college. Like we've all seen it. Nope. Russ, everyone has seen Scrubs. <laughs> and yet I would wager that more people from our generation have seen Scrubs than Seinfeld. You're probably right. I'm an anomaly. But how? I didn't even like Scrubs that much. And I've seen like 50 of them. Yeah. I guess it eluded me. I know that you know everything that happened between the point of your birth and this point in our lives, but not me. I've got some blind spots. Why do you have a blind spot when you were in college? Because I was too busy following the creation of the New Orleans Hornets and the Charlotte Bobcats and how all of that happened. I can't. I I don't even know what to say. I just never saw Scrubs. I may have seen like a half an episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this isn't. Yeah. It was Which way ahead also, of its time because a lot of shows yeah, are like Scrubs now. That's the other thing is that a lot of people who I know and respect are just like, Russ, you would love this show. Oh, yeah. So, if you liked like, it's like 30 Rock in a Hospital. Kind of. Yeah. People know what I mean. Don't get on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. Folks, I don't even know what to if, say. If you want to get on John, tweet at me. No, get on Russ for not seeing Scrubs. Forget <laughs> The Wire. I can't believe like, well, there's no way you'll recognize it. Then forget it. Let's. <laughs> if somebody could come up with a Scrubs slash the wire mashup for me it would really cut down on my watch yeah time. right oh he was in the abyss too i didn't know that but who remembers those guys really uh, i have not seen it's that. like I seven know, old white men and sigourney weaver sigourney weaver or mary elizabeth master antonio i think not sigourney weaver is she yeah. i don't think so i think i am just like as a kid oh brunettes <laughs> yeah, it's just Mary Elizabeth Mastro Antonio Mastro, yes. whatever. What a what a name! Yeah. I don't know who it's that a is. Long one. She's from the Abyss. Anyway, I'm just talking to the audience now. It's the guy from Scrubs, <laughs> the gotcha. sarcastic old doctor from Scrubs. Anyway, he comes. Oh, that in. guy! I love that guy. <laughs> oh, I wish you were. I wish you were. That was real. And you had been messing with me the whole time. So he's there. He's like, "Hey, we're all headed out, Jamie, to the meeting." So blah blah blah, and he leaves. And they're just sort of establishing the character, I think. You know, right? And oh, she gets buzzed by her disgusting, gross assistant by the worst person. Yeah, Rick, he who shall not be named, saying, "Yeah, I'm into that." Yeah, saying that Paul's on the phone and he's free for dinner. Yes. It's Paul on O2. He says he can meet you for dinner. Great. Tell him 8 o'clock would be perfect. He's thinking more 7 ish. <laughs> Fine. 7 30. He's thinking 7 would be more 7 ish than 7 30. Fine. 7, but tell him I'll be a half hour late. That's fun. Yes. To have them have I a like little, little uh, Paul and Jamie style convo between via Eight Rick. Versus 7 versus 7 30. Very adorable. Uh, fine, seven, but tell him we'll be a half hour late. Uh, great, great, great. Uh, Russ Woody. That's fun writing. Way to bring it. <laughs> I'll tell you, honestly, every time you say, every time you compliment Russ, I, I for a split second, I get a little bit excited. Oh, that's the fun. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just heard Before the you were just like, it. yeah, you were just like, oh, lots and lots of credit to Russ. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Rick, oh, then Rick comes in in the flesh, mm-hmm. and we we learn about the meeting. It's with the head of Central American Tourism, great bureau or whatever. Yeah. Oh, what I was I wrote. It's nice to we don't see this a lot, right? On TV, a uh, female executive with a male assistant. That's true. We don't see that very often. Yeah. Good job, gang. So now that just recast over. the role, and we'll be set. Yeah. 
That scene's over. Now we're in the next scene already. Uh, I don't know about I'm you, but I'm excited. winded. I'm very excited for the next scene. Oh, I bet you are. We're back at Riffs, everyone's favorite hangout. And Paul and Jamie are having dinner. And it's very, it's cute. It feels like they're on like a, it feels, it feels like they're at dinner after a work day, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess because that's what yeah. we watch, but I feel like you feel it. Sure. Yeah. It feels like, you know, we've we've seen, we've been with them for their day. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. We had eight scenes with each one. So their yes. waitress comes by. Hooray! Played by Lisa Kudrow. Her, their waitress, Ursula. It's her, isn't this her first one as Ursula? This is Ursula, who is not yet, first of all, she's not even yet Ursula. Right, she's just she's the kooky as, waitress. Uh, yeah, she's credited as the waitress. She is not yet Ursula, and she is certainly not yet Ursula Buffet, but she will become all of those things. She goes through so many transformations. Yep. As a character. You remember, you remember this is now the second time we've seen Lisa Kudrow on Mad About You. Of course. We all remember she was Paul's blind date mm-hmm. in the episode where he meets Jamie, right? Yeah. 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 Which was it Riffs, I think, maybe? Was the set the maybe. same? I don't remember. May have been. Uh, but yeah. So I guess they liked her, brought her back, launched her career. They sure did. Pretty cool. She's great in this. Uh, yeah, everyone knows Ursula, right? If you're a fan of the show, you know you know this character. She's like the worst waitress on earth because she's just like yes. spaced. Impossibly ditzy. Yeah. She's great. So she comes over and she just has a few questions that she needs to yes. like clarify about the order that they placed earlier. Um, okay, tell me again now. Did you want cheese on that burger? On the cheeseburger? Sure. <laughs> okay. And um, how did you want your salad? In a bowl. Great. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's give her a big tip so she can go buy a brain. Jamie, you be nice. Yeah, she's so be that nice is a, to Ursula. I mean, it's a great dig. It made me laugh. It's so mean. <laughs> it's especially like Jamie has an edge, but boy, is that mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's compl- and I, I'm glad they called her out on it because I'm like, hey, that's a that's an open-ended <laughs> question. <laughs> How do you want your salad? There's a lot of answers to that. In a bowl is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could presume, though, that this is not the first kooky thing that's happened with this waitress this night. That's probably true. Yeah. Because she's, a lot she's of, at her wit's end. Yeah, yeah, a lot of this scene is also Jamie just trying to get her to bring her a fork. Sure, that's also true. Yeah. So Jamie's grumpy. <laughs> and she starts venting about work. You know the Central American Tourism Account? Well, let's pretend I didn't. So we have a big meeting today. Everybody's there. The CEO, major stockholders. It's a big meeting. It's a big meeting. I understand. And my boss, that idiot. The guy from before, sure. He actually pitches this as a tourism concept. Central America, come take your chances. (laughs) The room was so quiet you could hear the Danish get stale. They had Danish? Yeah. So... Anyway, the room is dead until I start to crack up like he made this great joke. Right away, I can see everybody smiling. I've got them all right in the palm of my hand, so completely off the top of my head, I say, Central America, come home to the equator. Come home to the equator? I'm serious. No, I'm saying it tickled me. It's good. Well, they love it. Well, they should love it. So where's the bad part? The bad part is that Ferrar takes all the credit he made like it was his idea. Could, could I please get that fork? Oh, right. Thank you. Honey, I hate... Uh, there's so many things in this speech. <laughs> Central America, come take your chances, is the funniest. It's very funny the slogan. Funniest, uh, the funniest pitch to a tourism board. It's very funny. It's funny watching Paul respond to it and then watching Jamie be like, no, I'm serious. And then the fact that it worked. Yeah. No, wait. No, no, that's the other one, Russ. I'm sure that's the other one. Yes. 
No, the so, first one. They're, 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 your statement is true for both, though. It is fun to see right. Paul react. Yes, but yes, when so she's yeah the part when she's like her pitch come home to the equator. Yes, Paul's face is just like that face of like okay, so then what happened? Like surely yes. this isn't the big moment of the story because that's not a great right. slogan. Right. And so the, yeah, of course, Jamie explains all, and you heard all, like that's so real. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that happened. I'm Jamie a lot of the time. I feel you're like. the Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> where you, you say a thing and it gets nothing, nothing yeah. back, and you're just like, no, seriously. And you have to clarify like why. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this podcast is just us Jamieing. <laughs> you are not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, the people that don't listen. Were the Jamie and the people that do listen, uh, were the uh, uh, Latin American or what are they? Yeah, we're not in this scene, they're the <laughs> Central American Tourism Board. Tourism Board, yeah. I also love that Paul is surprised they have Danish because I was, weren't you? <laughs> Didn't you have the same thought? I did not have the same thought, but I did like Paul being surprised about the Danish. I, I was like, Danish. That's funny. Yeah, well, I, that's also that is more old style writer's room. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's a late in the day meeting, not really a Danish time typically. Right. And then, you know, you wouldn't point. Uh, Central America, you wouldn't assume Danish. That's all. Yeah, this story doesn't hold up under scrutiny. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe this meeting didn't happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what Jamie said about the Danish? I did not. Uh, okay. I'll live. I could, I played it a few times. I couldn't I couldn't parse it. It's going to bug me. Okay. A few more. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. So Jamie has asked for a fork so many times. People love Ursula. I wrote that. I yes. don't know what it means. Jamie means hates people. People love Ursula. I wrote, uh, these are a little kooky now. I must have been. This is probably when I started speeding up because we had to record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie just says, I hate people, which I so get. Yes. Yep. You know that feeling? Everyone I knows that feeling. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling and I like people. But right, when she same. said that, I right. was just like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul kisses her. He tastes a cigarette. <laughs> Interesting. And she said she had Cajun for lunch, which is funny. Yes, which is a funny joke. Yeah. But I don't know if I believe her. I don't either. Jackie Mason's got some good Cajun food jokes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he does. (laughs) So then she like she basically like snaps and has just a meltdown about the fork and starts screaming like a fork. I need a fork. Yes. And they do a great visual gag where every every extra everybody reaches a, uh, like yeah. has a fork that they were holding on to and hands it to her 15 forks come her oh way. it's great yeah. <laughs> and she takes one just as she takes one from one of them just as ursula walks back in behind her sees that she has a fork and then leaves yep. <laughs> it's really funny uh, god she's so great in this so paul's like jamie you got to confront mr farrar yes and she's like i will and he's like i don't believe you because you always say that and you, you never will. do yeah and then she's like well you try it it's scary yeah so then he yeah, he's, he calls her a gotten woman. Yes, a gotten woman. Yeah. Which is a weird sounding term. Yeah, he's like... Like uh, a kept he, woman? That's an expression. What does that mean? Well, he, well, because I think it falls out of... Doesn't he say, he's got you? And she's like, he doesn't have me. He's, like, he's got you. You're a gotten woman. Right, right. Yeah, he's having a little language yeah. fun. Yes. It didn't come out of absolutely nowhere. Right, right, right. Where he right. just looked at her and said, you're a gotten woman. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that would be crazy. Yeah, like the muffin bit, they derive it from their own reality. Right. So then Paul launches into his version of like what he thinks she should say. Can't you believe me? You are a gotten woman. Fine. You try talking to him. See how easy it is. I will. Come on. I, I don't care. I'll go in. I'll go in there right now. I'll tell him. Look, 
you're working my wife too hard, and, and then you steal her ideas. And, and, and if it weren't for Jamie Stemple Buckman, pal, you would be out of business. Because frankly, Mr. Farrar, you got no brains, you have no morals, and, uh, and you got a wife who's built like Don Shula. Yeah. I'm going to guess you know exactly who Don Shula is. Don Shula. Yes, I do. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don Shula is the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Ouch, head coach. Um, Ouch. Yes, yes. And he also owns Shula's Steakhouses throughout these fine United States. But yeah, he's uh, he's he's built so built like a football coach is what he's saying. Not the nicest thing you could say. About no, pretty person. pretty mean. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's a decently nice thing to say to Don Shula. If you want to tell Don Shula that he's built like Don Shula, it's not so mean, right? Anybody else though is going to feel slighted. Yeah, and it's not even yeah. to to use a. It, it's like adding insult to injury because it's like a. I'm going to say basically his wife's ugly. Yes, which is already like mean. Right, and then he's a loser because his wife's ugly. Yeah, that's essentially what's happening. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that mm-hmm. BuzzFeed story everyone's up in arms about, about the guy married to the plus-sized woman uh-huh. who thinks he's oh, a hero. You mean, the, you mean my hero? Yeah. You mean my favorite person? <laughs> I mean, uh, wait, uh, who, I'm not Gandhi, not Mother Teresa. Oh, yeah, the guy that... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, the worst. Men are the worst, great. Dude. But, you know, Jamie wasn't put off by it. And also, they're in private, so, like, whatever, sure. right? Well, they're kind of in private. <laughs> Well, yes, exactly. Not private enough. So for those of you who... In fact, some might even call it public. (laughs) Yeah, but that's like New York private. Sure. You're at your own table. Well, yeah, they should be mad at him for... Yeah, for eavesdropping into their conversation. For those of you who forgot, happen. think back to that TV Guide description I read ages ago, because we're halfway through the episode, and the first real conflict has finally happened. Yes. And this I take issue with, I think, Russ. Uh, no, that's fair. But after this whole rant, we, we see Mr. Farrar walk by the back of their table yep. with a date, not acknowledging yep. them. Yes. It seems like he doesn't see them. And right. Paul sees him and... He reacts, but he's like, what do I know that guy from? And Jamie looks up and does a perfect spit take. Yeah, I'm like, John's going to like this spit take. I loved that spit take. Of course you did. I did too, for that matter. But yeah. Because fully motivated and just so Mm -hmm. big. Yeah. But, oh, what I was going to say was, I feel like, I think this is rare. You get like this little Tommy Shlami touch, the cat's paw. (laughs) (laughs) Because the as the rant ends, we're on this like medium two shot of of Paul and Jamie, and you see the elbow of a man in the foreground out of focus, which establishes Mr. Farrar. Yes, that somebody's getting. So then, up, when you yes. cut to the wide, it mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Which is like nice because otherwise, I feel like a lot of shows it would just be wide. It would have cut you to ready the for wide. This, John? Yeah. You ready for what I just thought of while you were saying all that? Oh, oh, a scat man. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, there never was there ever a cut so clever as magical <laughs> Mr. Miss Tom Schlammy. <laughs> That's very good. Great. <laughs> Why didn't you come up with a song for uh, Barnett? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'm afraid that moment is past. That's right. For only 1999, you could have Russ Sorry. Fader's <laughs> album of TV director tribute songs. <laughs> tribute parody songs. Holy cow. So anyway, oh, yeah, I was just this is where I vented in my notes. Yeah, because I was like a lot of this episode is set up. It feel like we don't need to see Jamie working so hard. So like we know we know her job's crazy. 
Yes. We don't need to see all of that. Yes. And I was like, it's not You're even right. set up for new audience because we're in se- we're in episode four already of season two. Right. Oh, and if we, you know what? If we, we should have seen him way earlier in this episode. If we're going to have her be horrified that he's there, then it needs to be rather than her just recounting, oh, here's all the things that he did that we need to see. We need to see that meeting. Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm <laughs> oh, no, I did all it right. again. There's that pattern, but it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You take my, I, you agree with me. I'll, I'll, <laughs> and then yeah. I disagree with the reason you agree one of these days i'm gonna say something on your side and you're gonna say yes <laughs> surely that's happened we'll let that, i can't think of a single time <laughs> that college kid will tell us in 10 years <laughs> well he'll have to write you i don't know where you'll be not in my life <laughs> so we get to we get back to the apartment and paul is doing a leo bloom from the producers yeah this yeah there's no way out. There's no way out. There's no way out. This took me so long to crack. This oh, was yeah? a good five to seven minutes of me being like, that's something. What is that? And I, for a I, long time, I thought it was Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate. It's close. It's very similar. It is kind of, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It's Gene Wilder and the producers. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Which is It's a good bit. Great. And also, it's a great bit. as we know, Mel Brooks eventually plays Paul's uncle. That's true. Oh, I can't wait for Uncle Phil. Yeah. Me ne- oh, me neither. And we only have to wait two and a half more years. Oh. Uh- <laughs> that means that's a little over a year from now of podcasting. Yes. Oh. Anyway, I can we'll already think of those jokes. I've seen those episodes. It's weird. I feel like I haven't seen that many episodes of this show overall in my life, but I guess I have. I don't. I uh, We're going to find out. I don't know. I, I didn't remember this one at all. Did you? No, not at all. Yeah. No, perfectly yeah, yeah. forgettable. But also kind of yeah. you know, like, I don't know. It's growing on me as we're talking about it as usual. Yeah. Sure. So Jamie so is Jamie's chill. looking around for a cigarette. Well, yeah, no, or she's Jamie's not looking chill. Around. She's playing chill. Mm-hmm. And Paul, but Paul's having like a nervous breakdown. Yes. And he's but like, also, yeah, I mean, she's playing. She's not playing chill as much as she is standing on the couches looking around through her books. Yeah, but she's her words are chill. She's like, I'm sure. it's fine. It's fine. And Paul's sure. doing his whole like, no, I ruined your life. Like what he did in the, uh, you know, the one where she's like, I won, I won, I won. Yes. He's when doing he that again. Night. Yes. Yeah. And this one, he's like, cut off my pinky. I don't deserve pinkies, which to me feels like a bad Seinfeld riff. Sure. Ooh, that one made me mad. <laughs> For no reason. It's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what he's doing is taking the blame for himself so that she then has to care for his feelings rather than being mad herself. Wow. Which is a reasonable response for such a thing because her job is the job that's at stake. And instead, she needs to say, oh, no, honey, it's not your fault. It's not fair, Paul. Wow, Russ. Very good. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Very good. So the phone rings. Yeah, so Jamie's all, yeah, like Russ said, she's on the love seat digging through the books, the the high shelves Mm -hmm. that bothered them in the last episode. The phone rings, and Jamie's worried <laughs> that it's Mr. Farrar, and right. Paul's like, no, nah, I know it's Lou. It has that annoying yes. ring. <laughs> That's very funny. And it is Lou. It is Lou. Hi, we're out. Leave a message, and we'll call you back. Paul, hi, Lou. Just checking in. Listen. There's a Woody Allen movie called Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, I hear there are lots of shots in New York. Woody Allen. Woody Allen's the guy in bananas. Get back to me. Soon. Oh. My goodness, this is great. So we know his deal by this point, and I i mean, I can't get enough of these. Calling Woody Allen the guy from bananas in 1993. <laughs> it's so... 
so funny. Also, just the idea that like he heard about Manhattan and he got excited, but still hadn't he, like he didn't rent it before. He right. felt like he was like, I hear right, there's right, right. a lot of shots in New York. I hear this. Oh. <laughs> Holy cow. The guy from Bananas. <laughs> What's your favorite Bananas moment? I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure it's got Howard Cosell involved. Oh, yeah. When the, on their honeymoon. Howard Cosell yeah. calls it like a sport, a comment on like yeah. a sports game. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Mine is the lunch order. You remember that? I do not. When they go to the diner and order lunch for the whole gorilla army. <laughs> and it's like, I need 2,000 grilled cheese sandwiches, 60 with no tomato. <laughs> like it's, oh, man. Ugh, numbers are funny. Sure. So, now, yeah. Woody Allen is a sex offender who I can laugh at. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, the, the, oh, gosh. Everything's the worst. Uh, so the number Paul... the number of guys that we've, without trying, <laughs> discussed today that are monsters and pigs is insane. Starting yes. with Joey Buttafuoco at the top. Yes. Like, yeah. it's like a ping pong pinball machine from hell. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Jamie's looking through the bookshelf and she finally finds what she's looking for, which is their cigarette stash, mm-hmm. which didn't surprise Paul too much. No. I wonder if he's ever smoked, too. Like, you know what I mean? They have their little yeah. bad stash for like stressful days. I could have imagined. Well, I, I could. I could. Oh, I could I, definitely I could probably, see. I mean, it. everybody smokes, especially yeah. with Ira, like at a bar. Sure, sure, sure. Like, I'll buy it. Trying. Ah, oh, I'd kill to see that episode. <laughs> so this scene became very like I love the blocking for so I don't know. It felt like it turned into a play for some reason. Yeah, a little bit. It felt very because it's all one long shot. Yeah. I guess that's part, especially an episode that's like, scene, 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 scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they open the window so that she can smoke by the window. And, and they have this like, what, what is it, a stool or an end table or something? Something. They pull it by the window and she sits by the window smoking. Like yes. streetcar named Desire. So, like it just felt very <laughs> theatrical. And he's like leaning yeah, on the desk and they're trying to solve this problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what they're to using do? Parts of, we never see them so far. I'll call it for lack of a better term upstage. Yeah. Yeah. They're using parts of the set that we don't typically see. Right. Them. They've built a moment around a window. Yes. And it's great. Like without the window being the focus. Like, yeah, it's just really yeah. nice. I wonder if again, that's, that's I, mean, I mean, I know it's a collaboration, but I wonder if mm-hmm. the cats had anything to do with this. The cats, man. I believe it. I do too. Absolutely. I do too. Yeah, yeah. So they're debating whether or not Farrar heard them, Mr. Farrar. He was there. We were there. The man was three feet away. We didn't hear what they were talking about? Yes, but we're a lot more self-absorbed than most people. <laughs> All right. Fine. So tell me what to do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You go in there and you're just, you're very, you're very honest and you tell them the truth. You have a twin sister. <laughs> Honey. All right. We were rehearsing a play. No, that's been done. It's a revival. No, no, no. No way out. <laughs> the rehearsing the play that's been done, it's a revival's cute. That's really but funny. But it reminded me of, uh, re- there's a friend's joke like that, which of course hasn't happened yet. Do you remember that? I don't. Do you remember <laughs> that? No. I'm calling you a bluff. Joking. There's no joke. That's no, what it I- sounds <laughs> like, though. And now that I have to remember it, I don't exactly. It's just <laughs> Ross is saying something crazy like, you, you slept with... Oh, yes! The one where Chandler yeah. sleeps with his mom. Right. And he's like, you slept with right, my mom. Right, right, you slept right. with my mom. And someone looks and he's like, we're rehearsing a Greek play. We're rehearsing a play. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like a... It's yeah, just it's a, a fun, fun scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Paul keeps it keeps going. He's tell him I ordered stir fry and I'm a Vietnam vet to the trigger a flashback. That's very silly. Which, <laughs> yeah, it, fascinating. There's it's you uh, people don't make flashback jokes anymore. Vietnam flashback jokes? Any flashback, any war flashback jokes because PTSD is a very real thing. 
Yes, because they're uh, more sensitive now. Yeah, because we didn't have a name for because, it. We couldn't yes, label it we're, back then. Because we're, we're progressing as a people. Yeah, right. <laughs> and becoming more empathetic. Yeah, so that's something. As a nation. So. That's something. But, I mean, it's something, but also something is the fact that here we are laughing at a flashback joke. You and me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Hey, it's a good joke. <laughs> so that scene's over. Yep. <laughs> a little longer, at least. We, we had the chance to get comfortable. We're back at Farrar Gantz. The next yep. day, Jamie's at her desk. Mr. Farrar comes in unexpected, unannounced and mm-hmm. says, is this a bad time? Which is like your worst nightmare. Yes. That's a very like I'm about to get talked to or fired. Yeah. She's super nervous. Yeah. And, and understandably so. And it turns out he brought her a bottle of Cristal. Yes. How nice? Question mark. But then almost immediately, which I kind of love. Good on you, Russ. Dot, dot, dot. Woody. <laughs> oh, I, again, I was just like, ooh, what'd I do? Good on me. They like, they oh. don't, there's no coyness. He just like comes right out with it. Like, right. Almost immediately, we're like, oh, he definitely heard them. Yes. For me? Yes, for you. I sent John Erdman a box of cigars, and then someone reminded me that I didn't send you anything. Well, I'll have to share this with whoever it was that reminded you. Well, I could be wrong, but I think it was your husband. <laughs> He was in Vietnam. <laughs> I can be out of here in an hour. I just have to clean out my office. Oh, hey. Jamie, it's okay. You're allowed to blow off a little steam. My wife is built like Don Shula. <laughs> my wife is built like Don Shula. Ugh, you don't like to hear that. Yeah. So he tells her she's an MVP. And yep. he calls her Mrs. Stemple, which is surprising. Yeah. Because to me, I'm like, that means to me like he was aware of her hiring, maybe, when she was just an assistant to Fran. Maybe. Yeah. Though, I mean, she's such a go-getter. Like, if I was a smart person, I would take yeah. notice of Jamie Stemple as a new hire. Sure. Be like, she's going to be a real asset to the company. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. She's great. Keep your eye on that Stemple. Yeah. <laughs> So he, it's all good. It's all good. It seems all good-ish. Yeah. Like, they they made it through. And he's walking out of her office. But... Is Jamie okay? Well, not Mm. after what he says next, Mm. which is... He credits her blonde hair. Latin men love blondes. Yeah, famous fact. Latin men love blondes. And that's why they got the contract, is what's in his mind. And that sets her on fire, and it's great. Yep. And not a day goes by that I don't get the feeling you're in there taking credit. I am. I know. It's my company. Yeah, I know that, too. And what you said before was true. You're not an idiot, because if you were an idiot, you'd fire me. But you know you can't afford to lose me, so you won't. Now you are thinking like an executive. That's why I brought you into the company. You didn't bring me into the company. Fran did. Who? Fran Devena. She was your regional vice president for five years. I remember a Frank Donovan. (laughs) Yes, the guy who saved your ass on the Conway Douglas account, and you sent him a golf umbrella. Instead of sending people insipid little gifts, why don't you give them some credit? We didn't get that account yesterday because I'm blonde. We got it because I'm good. And if you were smart, you'd acknowledge that. Instead, you bring me some bottle of bubbly? What is this, a cruise? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you. So, in other words, you quit. Well, you call it what you want. She lays into him. Oh, 
I'm Good sick job, of it. Jamie. I'm sick of you. This guy's a jerk. It's such a great monologue. Mm-hmm. Oh, they really give her room to shine. <laughs> like they, it's so good. It's I, you know, I don't know what to say. I got nothing to no, say. You're right. It's it's a really good monologue, and and they, it keeps going. Like there were a couple times where I was just like, okay, he, she gave it to him, and now he's gonna leave, and right. that. But then it just like keeps on. She gives it to him on his way out. Oh, and, and then the... outside, and she's just. Keeps yelling at him. The alliteration, the the bottle of bubbly, and then this the yeah. the biting. What is this? A cruise? Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's great. It's it's really good. It's written nice. There's like a rhythm to it, mm-hmm. and it's very fun. Yeah. So as he's like kind of walking out, and it keeps going. Paul Paul's in there, or no? Yeah. He walks Paul, out. Paul arrives. There's a he knock knocks on the door. Right. Opens up. See, he's very excited to see her. It's like, <laughs> hey. Ugh. Yeah, he's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And he asks if he's interrupting. Mister Ferrar's like. She's through. And right. Jamie's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, no, she's through. Uh, no, I'm not. One week without me, and you're not even going to know where your phones are. Half of your account executives are your relatives. Your so-called legal department is run by your mistress, and you're so wobbly after your business lunches, you can't even pee straight. It's nice to see you again, Paul. And we all know you didn't go to Dartmouth, so you can lose the sweater. So how'd it go? No. Oh, good stuff. Uh, all the way. Go get you can him, lose Jamie. the sweater. That feels so personal. <laughs> yeah. Like and the then, guy in the corner yeah. in the writer's room, who we're assuming, I guess, is Russ Woody, <laughs> <laughs> knew someone that he feel like felt like had the sweater but didn't go. Sure, sure, sure. And then Paul wraps things up with, so how'd it go? Yeah, yeah, Which is a button for the scene that you could see a mile away. But anyway. Classic. Who cares? So, uh, what a great... Also, you know, I feel like we don't see a lot of women chew their boss out for valid reasons. Sure. On old TV shows. Yeah. You know, it's more like, oh, she's nuts or she's having a rough day. Right. Sure, she's overreacting. Yeah, this is like, no, 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 no. No, no, this guy's a jerk. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how it is. Yeah. That's a great Go get scene. Get him, Jamie. It's a great she owns it the way Maui owns the first scene that cold open. <laughs> I like the way they share the spotlight. <laughs> Jamie and the dog. <laughs> so the next scene, we're back in their apartment right after. They got the you're fired boxes in, in their arms. A lot of them. Yep. yep. And Jamie comes in quoting Martin Luther King. Yeah. Free at last, free, free at last, last, free at last. Which also I don't think would happen now. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little cultural appropriation going on. I think probably not. A little misguided. Yeah. (laughs) Now, in 2017, you know, this is 20 years. Mm -hmm. More even. I'm getting old, John. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, Boy, when I think about how far 1955 is. So a few moments later, Fran comes in as a surprise with another box. Yep. And we find out she's triple parked downstairs. Yeah, because the car is still in Mark's name. That's funny. <laughs> I guess the Mark, the bitter Mark jokes are probably going to last for a while, and they're very fun. Yes. Partly because I picture Richard Kind every time she does that. It's nice to keep him in mind. Yeah, it's always nice to keep <laughs> Richard Kind in mind. Richard Kind in mind. Yeah. I call him Richard Mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So Jamie's like, Jamie's like relishing in the like delight of being liberated from this job. Like yes. she almost didn't realize how light she'd feel after quitting yes she she rips her heels off her earrings she untucks her shirt violently yeah she throws her shoes in the trash a little bit 
Paul does a bit about her being a sex worker. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of it's cute, though. It's fun. Yeah. He's like, hey, sweetheart, my buddy's getting married next week. Maybe you could dance around this corner a little bit. Yeah. Hands her a lot of cash. <laughs> Gives her some cash. Yeah. Do you think what does dance around his corner mean? At a strip club? Yeah, he wants her to dance for him. Oh, okay. In my head, I was yeah. like, I think that's what it means, but could it mean like on the, on the corner that he lives? Could also mean that. That's crazy, well, though, I right? Think, yeah, okay. I think so. I think he just wants her to dance for him. Oh, and then she goes into the other room for a minute, and Paul like takes credit for the firing. Yes. To Fran. He's like, oh, I'm the one who got her fired, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, this whole mood that she's in yeah. where she's so good. Yeah, it's because of uh, me. So Fran's worried the firing hasn't really sunk in. And clearly it hasn't. She is absolutely in denial. Yeah. And Fran says when it set in for her, when Mark left her, she just found herself at D'Agostino's eating Malamars and swigging a Bud Light. That's really funny. And Paul, wait, I can't believe it didn't get a laugh. Yeah. Paul, Paul reacted to that, right? He was like together. Yes. And no one laughed. No one laughed. Yeah. I'm like, that's a good line. Come that's on, everybody. That's a great line. It's a disgusting. You can, I mean, imagining like, ugh, the Bud yeah. Light mixing with the with the graham cracker crumbs from the Malamar. Bunch of jerks. Ugh. Bunch of jerks watching this I show. love Malamars. <laughs> They're really good. Ugh, pinwheels can jump in a lake compared to a Malamar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate your strong stance. Uh, it's like a little bun cake <laughs> ripoff. <laughs> So there's a knock. It's their doorman. What's his name? You know, Eddie. Yeah, we've seen him before. Luke Cattell. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's got two more boxes. Right. And he's already like very aware. He's like, he wants to know if it hit her yet. He he basically yep. it's like, oh, Paul, no, Eddie knows everything that's going on. Yes. Like all doormen on TV. Yeah. Paul earlier said, you know, how will I know when it's hit her? And Jamie said, or Fran rather says, oh, you'll know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Eddie's also like, he likes Paul's play idea about yep. lying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on, yeah, go ahead. So Paul on his way out, Paul walks him to the door. Right. And does it, is Paul going for a tip in that moment? No, Paul is going to get the door for Eddie. And Eddie says, oh, no, I'll get the door. Oh, I'm a doorman. Oh, <laughs> that's, it, it goes oh, without saying there are no gra- words. Oh, I'm but... such an idiot. I was rushing. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's a fun little bit. That's where, very yeah. right. Because, yeah, Paul's arms go up Paul re- to yeah, not Paul touch the door. To, yeah. Paul reaches to open the door for Eddie. And Eddie's just like stops him. And yeah. then Paul says, oh, you, you got it. You do it. Yeah. Funny. So Paul starts unpacking the boxes. And what it's a six pack of, I assume it's a creamer. But doesn't he I say think like it's non-dairy creamer? Doesn't he yeah. say like creamer? Yes, I think it's a, a fake specific yeah, brand right. name. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Oh, but then this this reveal killed me. Well, here's that lovely six pack of creamer I always wanted. Your big feet. <laughs> Come on, they're gonna be making money off my ideas for the next ten years. What did you do? You took a fax machine? <laughs> so? So it's it's kind of larceny. Oh, come on. He still owes me 300 bucks from last year's football pool. Plus, we have a fax. I don't. Mark took it with him on his journey to find himself. For you. (laughs) So good. So now when he finds himself, he can fax it. (laughs) The tone in his voice... The like kind of scared yeah. tone of yeah. in surprise and like so fax machine <laughs> all the way to the Mark 
in fact, see when he finds himself. Oh, it's really great. Really, really funny. Also, earlier they had the fact there was a quick, that, yeah, no, I was just gonna say earlier there was a quick moment where you know Paul says to Fran, you know, whatever, because yeah, he says, whatever, whatever Jamie needs, I'm here for. And Fran says, oh, I missed that. And Paul gives her shoulder a squeeze and she says, oh, that too. He's like, oh, is it? Oh, Fran, yeah, I guess. I it made me feel a little weird though, too. Oh, did it? Just, well, uh, that's, just a, like, that's the crossing of a boundary. A little, a little. Okay. But yeah, okay. I guess she misses physical touch. Yes. I get it. Uh, Everybody's friends here. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, because it makes no sense, but it's so <laughs> Mark Devon out to be like, I'm going to find myself. I need to bring the fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so Fran, Paul walks Fran out and she's headed to watch 101 Dalmatians with Ryan again. This feels right. like a real parent joke of the time. I wish Cruella would make the freaking coat. Yeah. Is what she says. Yeah. I watched it a million times when I was a kid. Did you? Sure. <laughs> uh. So Jamie wants to go outside and just do anything she wants. Yes. And Paul, Paul has a great pitch. This to me is a great yes. New York week. It's a good night. day. A walk, yeah. dinner, and a late movie. Sounds good. So we're off to the next scene. We mm -hmm. skip the walk and skip dinner, and we end up at the movies, which is the Waverly Theater, which looks just like the IFC, which I'm assuming became be. the IFC. Yeah, could well I, be. Actually, I'm going to say definitely. Even the ticket windows are the same. Sure. And tonight, they're playing Gilda and the Lady from Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And then we go inside, and they're at the movie, and that's... <laughs> that's... They watch the movie for five seconds. <laughs> That's when it hits Jamie. Yeah. Oh my God! I lost my job. Don't blame me. I have no job. I'm unemployed. Join the club. What am I gonna do, honey? I don't believe it. Oh my God! I love the join the club guy. I wish it was Ira again, but it's definitely not. Uh, Wait, is I it? Think it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, this is going to be a fun recurring theme. It definitely I hope. Is. I, when I heard it, I was just like, there he is again. Oh, yeah. I didn't recognize it, but I trust yeah. you fully. It's John Pankow again. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And there's uh, Hag at the end of the episode. That's how we end it. Yeah. Oh, also, I don't know about you, but it was really burden in my mind i had to know which movie they saw oh yeah what what they what 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 What'd you know because they had to choose between gilda and a lady from shanghai oh i see gilda is Did a you pull a lot <laughs> go ahead gilda is a small-time gambler hired to work in a buenos aires casino okay and learns that her ex-lover is married to oh sorry i read it in a confusing way Gilda is about a small-time gambler hired to work at a Buenos Aires casino who learns that his ex-lover is married to his employer. Huh. His ex-lover being Gilda, played gotcha. by Rita Hayworth. Okay. The lady from Shanghai is an Orson Welles mm -hmm. film mm -hmm. where the description is fascinated by gorgeous Mrs. Bannister. Seaman Michael O'Hara joins a bizarre yachting cruise and ends up mired in a complex murder plot. That one. I want to see that one. Yeah, right? Well, guess what? <laughs> What's that? They're watching Gilda. Are they? Yeah. Oh, disappointing. You can you tell from the, the, yeah, the song that plays when she freaks out. When she just sings, I'm Rita Hayward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rita Hayward. <laughs> she's singing a song called Put the Blame on Mame. Put the blame on Mame, boy. Put the blame on Mame. One night she started to shim and shake. That brought on 
the Frisco quake so you can put the blame on Maine, boy. That was Put the Blame on Maine by Rita Hayworth in the movie Gilda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Counting down from our <laughs> songs that nobody knows at number three is the All-American League song. Oh, no. I ha- oh, my. We are oh. the members of the All-American League. You we hustler. City you hustled near me. And far. We got Canadians, Irish ones and Swedes. For one, for all, for all, for one, for all Americans. If anyone's wondering if we were joking about not being friends in 10 years, we weren't. <laughs> and this is why. You hustled me with that whole, I'm not good at callbacks. Oh, I don't know callbacks. I'm not so great at callbacks. How am I going to remember this? I'm not. And, well, the only way that I was able to was you said, write it down. And so I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I cheated. That's how how I cheated. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's not cheating. Uh, Buenos Aires. That's not Central America. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's why they went. Uh, it's also they both star Rita Hayworth which I kind of like the I guess it I guess in real life there must have been a Rita Hayworth festival going on you know maybe like a a Rita Hayworth double feature and then they decided to stay true to the the marquee in the movie in the show because they played the real audio track sweet I don't it could be yeah that could be how it happened I don't think they got a custom marquee up for an exterior shot you know you know what no that's that is all very true. The fact that, yeah, they probably, they must have, you're right. They took a real marquee and then they found the audio track. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sweet. That's how that would have happened. I like it. Yeah. I too. I'm on board. That's the episode. It was a, uh, you know, by the end, it's pretty, it, it has. It wore you down. It wore you down. <laughs> I don't like the setup, but you know, there's so much cool stuff in it that who cares? Also, who cares what I think? Once I go make a show this good, then I can criticize it. That's not true. You can criticize however however good you are. I'm shouting to the you wind. Do, you can criticize. Is that right? I uh, it, That's something. It's right in that you just said it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> John, well done. Likewise. Rise, guys. Rise, gals. Thank you so, so much for listening. Appreciate John it. was right. He said earlier, Facebook. Let's see you guys on Facebook. Oh, Let's talk. Oh, yeah. Let's talk. Facebook. Let's engage. Twitter. We're all over the place. At- I'm at... Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Russ Fader. Oh, F E D E R. Yeah, I'm at Johnny Marbles. No H, but w- uh-huh. we are at collectively Mad About You Pod. Everywhere, yeah, find us. Find us there. Facebook, Twitter, eventually a website. We're working on it. Sure, rate us, review us, like us, all of the things. Oh, and word of mouth, please. Just tell your friends. Tell everyone. Tell, tell your, your parents. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know what our key demographic is yet. Every time I share this someplace new, at uh-huh. least one person goes, hey, that sounds pretty neat. Ah, that's and nice. that's a neat thing to happen. That's nice. So if each of you just post a little thing wherever you post things and say, hey, I'm listening to this fun thing. If one person says, hey, that sounds good, then then you've done your job. Yeah. And, and if they don't, <laughs> tweet at Russ. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I'll tell you what we have. We have wonderful theme music, and it is by Mr. John D. Ivy. And we've got a great logo created and designed by Mr. Nathan Diffie. He's on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thanks to both of them. And we have an expertly mixed track 
I guess. Levels? I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. You know, you talk about the easier things. <laughs> By Vuk Ivanovic. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I don't know how to describe a sound mix. You did great. Thank you. Everything you do is great. Huh. Likewise. John, let's do a great job one more time next week. Hey. Yeah. No promises. <laughs> no, I was trying to parlay it into the closing line. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, because you always lead it. Fair enough. Well, let's stop talking on microphone now. I am Russ Fader. I'm John Marvel. And, and this, this is, is what, what I'm saying. saying. Oh, I messed it up. I got so excited. <laughs> uh, who cares? Okay. Perfect. <laughs>